I got this. Okay. Ah, uh, I got it. Okay. Uh, I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Uh, and film at 11, why don't you follow me down to the brewery? I'll tie a bowling ball to my ankle, dive in the vat of beer. I'll leave this world the same way I entered my marriage. Dead drunk! Hello? Want a beer? Hook it up! Hook it up! Hook me up! Yo, Herb, take it from the top. One, two. Beer? This is how we do it. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mic sound nice. I remember when I had my first beer. You like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah. I hope no bad My mic sounds nice. Check one. My mic sounds nice. Check two. My mic sounds nice. Check three. My mic sounds nice. Check four. My mic sounds nice. Check five. My mic sounds nice. Check six. Are you ready? You want some of this milk? Rather have a beer. You guys give me if I kill that bird. Harvard, that's a bald eagle. Get a wig, baldy! Yeah! Oh, 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 good evening, everybody. This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve. Live here on GovsRadio.com, live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. We have a uh, good show for you, so stick around on GovsRadio.com or all of your favorite social media. Really quick, we do want to get to some of these sponsors, so let's do them really quick. Tonight we are sponsored by Tavor. Go to Tavor for your beer in the mail, shipped to your door. What better time than getting beer to your doorstep than now? Go to Tavor.com, type in the promo code WART, W-O-R-T, and get your first shipment with some sort of percentage off of which we have no clue what it is. Um, go to shirtsontap.com. Order your shirt from all around the world uh, for breweries all across America and beyond. Go to Shirts on Tap when you place your first order. It's a monthly subscription, by the way. Get your first month for $5.99. After that, it's a reduced price of $13.99 per month. Go to ShirtsOnTap.com. Type in the promo code WART, W-O-R-T, for all of your shirt and brewery needs. And, of course, we are sponsored by MyBottomRejects.com from Brewers Hardware. Go to BrewersHardware.com and receive. And they actually uh, have... Re-up, by the way, Pete, uh, some of our sponsorship information. So we'll, uh, when this is all over, we'll get back with them. BrewersHardware.com. Of course, our buddy locally, Jeff Hartwell from Hartwell Woodshop, producing some really great stuff for all your rich mahogany needs. Go to Hartwell Woodshop, located in Patchogue here on Long Island. And then that makes wood. It makes really good wood. Really dense, dense, hard wood. Uh, and then, of course... And by the way, the kind I like. yeah. By the way, anyone that's looking, that is a Hartwell Woodshop original. And then, uh, of course, uh, AC Beer Fest. Whether we will actually be able to go to AC Beer Fest uh, August seventh and eighth, go get your tickets now and get a refund if it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's all good. Go to uh, AC Beer Fest on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
and uh, join Pete, Steve, and I for a wonderful weekend of awesome craft beer from New Jersey. And uh, again, use uh, I think there's a promo code out there for us, by the way. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it's out there. So go to uh, AC Beer Fest and uh, get your tickets today. Probably is going to be a, a nice little like homecoming for craft beer for us, at least if, if it actually does go off. Um, it, it'll be a nice little event, but we'll see. I, I'm I'm actually very doubtful of if that yeah, actually happening. Yeah. Especially since uh, they announced today that the Oktoberfest in Germany has been canceled, which I was going to. Um, and man, yeah. My brother had plans too. I think for like the third year in a row too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's only the third time it's been canceled. Wow. Uh, uh, once well, was World War Two. Over. Uh, oh, Hundreds of years. Four time, four time, because it was World War Two, World War One, and influenza. Hmm. Oh, yeah. so the Spanish, the Spanish flu. Spanish flu. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So three times, and now this being the fourth. See, it's, and, so like those memes, Steve. Do you think this is all because of those uh, seltzer beers everyone's drinking? Is, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That I'm glad it. you brought that up. Because I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about all these hard seltzers. With the mass production of seltzers and this coronavirus being such a coincidence, this is going to be hard pill to swallow in the end. That's the thing. It can't be a coincidence, Mike. <laughs> I see causality there. Yes. And who do you think's fault is it going to be? Is it going to be the first one to come out? Is it White Claw? Should we go after no, White Claw? No, I... I uh... Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> There's a fucking Bud Light orange seltzer now. So, <laughs> but they weren't, the, they weren't the first. It's a little Don't crazy. Don't do it, Steve. It's a little, no, it's a little crazy how, you know, these seltzers, who is mainly attracted to these seltzers? Mm-hmm. Young white girls. Yep. Who, who doesn't get the coronavirus? Young white Young girls. Young white girls. <laughs> when you get a claw, there is no law. You can do whatever no. you want. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, joining us today is our buddy David uh, Gonzalez from Lost Worlds Brewing down in North Carolina. You are in the in the heart of North Carolina, as they say. Um, thanks a lot for coming on with us and joining us, Thank and you. Uh, appreciate you taking your time as a double brew day, as you were telling us before the show. Uh, long days put in for the brewers out there, so everyone that is drinking local brews know that there is a ton of effort. And passion still going into small businesses, and they're trying to get you, you know, something to at least brighten your day. Uh, that you know, we're all just kind of stuck inside, or at least in our backyards, and or at we least need all your senses. Right, right. Yeah. We, we need God to. God forbid anyone goes through this sober. <laughs> Which we shouldn't, Pete. In fact, no, I, I'm trying not to. I'm going to let you guys know, just so you know, you guys saw me drink something. This is not beer. Um, I, I noticed that. I kind of moved on a little bit. Not to say I'm not going to drink beer. I will be drinking beer in just a moment. Um, I started making margaritas because I think I've drank so Why much. Why not? What else are you doing at home? Right. right. I, I think I've drank so much in the last few weeks <laughs> that I, I've grown up such a tolerance that I need such a massive quantity of beer that it's just not cutting it anymore. So in order to catch my buzz as we go through the show today, I kind of pre-gamed with a margarita. Might as well. Why maybe, not? maybe switch up to barley wines. Listen, I got a, a fully stocked bar sounds. here. I No, well, you know I had um, Root and Branches um, Stout uh, just the other night. I posted it up on our Instagram on our story. 10.2% uh, Stout. Um, that caught me. I started drinking that at 9.30 p.m. And by 11.30, I, I, I was... I was feeling really good. That was good times. I like that one. 
but yeah, I mean, that, unless I'm actively seeking out you know, like hardcore beer, um, I have to have now like four or five 16 ounce cans in order to catch my buzz. So I'm like, all right. And I, I, I've been really good, guys. I've been really good on not drinking before 5 p.m. I've been really good. No day drinking for During me. During the week or the weekend? Uh, every day. Across oh, the board. Harsh glares for my wife would be the only reason I wouldn't start drinking before <laughs> noon. By the way, we do wish... I, like, I don't know why you have that rule for yourself. No, I, I made it myself. Because, listen, I, I, I'm actually losing weight, finally. I know, Steve, we were talking earlier uh, a couple weeks ago um, about you know exercise stuff. And I was looking into bikes because my whole family has a bike but me. And I'm, I'm looking to be a little more active. Usually, I don't put on my summer body until somewhere around May or June. Um, but I wanted to get a head start on it. So I've been rollerblading, running, Never walking. Never plan for uh, bikini season. Yes, that's right. Like, I have my wax day. scheduled at home. I have an in-home waxing going oh. on. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. That sounds, that sounds no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> yeah, the screams that they hear aren't going to be because I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, not going to be my beard. The, they have now the trikini. Yeah, it's not a bikini anymore. It's the trikini. Oh. What does that mean? Explain. Yeah, I need details. The, the, the face mask <laughs> yeah. matches the top and the bottom. Ah, I like it. Of course. <laughs> does the carpet match the drapes? No, but the mask matches the but drapes. The mask matches everything. The carpet. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy times. Dave, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, let's let's rewind a few minutes because I know we've been talking uh, for about 20 minutes now before the show started. Uh, give us the history of the brewery. Give me a history of you because apparently yeah. you're a New York New Yorker by 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 yeah. this birth. So you yeah, kind of uprooted so, and moved down. So give us the whole story and, and what's going on. So I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Northport. Went to school in Stony Brook. Um, I uh, after I graduated, everything in my life according to plan. And when I graduated, I needed a job. I was a teacher, high school social studies teacher before I was a brewer. Get out of here. Summer after nice. I graduated uh, college. Before the fall, before my teaching job started, I needed a job, and I was walking past a Bluebell Beer in Greenlawn, and they had a sign outside that needed some help, and I got a job there. And I just every day would go home with two, three different kinds of beers, and nice. I just tried all these beers. And then one day I was in Port Jeff, and uh, getting coffee from some joint, and I'm wearing a sweatshirt from the old James Bay Brewing that used to be in Port Jeff. <laughs> and Bay, I turned brother. around. What'd you say? James Bay, man. Yeah. Where are you going there. So I, uh, I turn around with my coffee and the guy behind me is wearing the same sweatshirt. So we just started talking and BSing until it turned out he was the owner and head brewer. Um, and he invited me to spend a day brewing. So I did and I got hooked. I spent any available time I could there, which was like once or twice a week. I had like two other jobs at the time too. And uh, I eventually gave up teaching, went out to Siebel in 90. Right there, brother. Yeah, I saw, I saw it, yeah. Um, in 97, I believe. And then uh, in 98, I moved up to Maine. James Bay had closed, and uh, the brewer there had moved up to Maine. Uh, so I moved up there, worked for a couple small little breweries there, Rocky Bay Brewing, now defunct. How was Maine? That's, that's a, it's, it's such a different place, even from where you are now. So you go from New York to Maine, then, then North Carolina. Maine is – I have been to um, – What's the the major fishing town? I can't think of it. It's right on the coast. Uh, it's Portland, Camden, um, Bay yeah. Bayport. It's not Bayport though. It's um, yeah, something Anger. like that. No, but yeah, it, it was Maine was different. It was. Uh, I mean, this was twenty something years ago, and craft beer was big. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you like you'd go into a supermarket and there'd be three coolers of beer and one would be all the big boys all and inter, all the big ones and imports all smashed into one cooler and then you'd have two coolers of all the local stuff uh would that rotated. include like long trail and stuff like that yeah yeah just everything local um and craft and then um like <laughs> when we have rotation nation now going on people find six to left six full of different beers it was going on back then too up there so it's kind of wild um it was beautiful absolutely beautiful but in the winter when 80 percent of your accounts closed <laughs> uh, it was a little difficult so uh, we made a decision. Uh, I, was, I was dating someone, and we, we had family down. She had family. Well, we both had family down here in North Carolina. Um, so we made the decision to come down here, um, and I got a job with Rock Bottom. As, uh, I, 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 I know someone at a brewery called Carolina Beer and Beverage. It was in Mooresville, which is north of Charlotte. And um, so he had called me up living in Maine, and he said, hey, come down for an interview. Not saying job's yours, but we're looking for someone. They didn't give me a definitive no, answer. No promises. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> promises. So we knew we were going to move to Charlotte. So I walked into the old rock bottom there and they hired me on the spot. Nice. So, yeah, I was there for about 11 years. Uh, most about 10 years of it as head brewer. Um, and then I left there and I ended up going for, for a few months working for a homebrew outfit called Alternative Beverage. They had three locations. I oversaw their warehouse and um, main location, I was operations manager with a little Sabco brew system. Are they still so there? The, Are they still on operation? All Bev, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, they have two locations. They just closed the third one down, yeah. which was about a mile from our brewery, um, which would have been really nice. Yeah, that the other one's nice. about two miles from my house, so that's pretty nice. Um, so then I went up to Foothills. I got lured back into professional brewing to go work for Foothills Brewing in Winston-Salem. Uh, so they started as a brew pub, kind of grew a little bit, uh, got to the point where they built a production facility because we did at the brew pub, I think the max we did was about 7,500 barrels on a 15 barrel brew house for seven days a week, twice a day, 365 days a year. They need something bigger. So I got hired to be the pub brewer. So when we, everyone moved over to the production facility, I stayed back and got to do all the fun beers. Ooh. Uh, I, yeah, I, I did some, um, like at the core beer, some stuff to go out to market, but it was mostly fun stuff. And I was there for about five years, but I was still living in the Charlotte area. Now you did uh, a lot of, admit, did you do a lot of experimentation while you were doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. all we, I think we, we had a IPA the month program. So every month we did a completely different IPA uh, that went out to market too. Um, so we did that. That was about two and a half years that I was there that we did that. Very um, cool. Like I said, I was I was still living in Charlotte, so I basically commuted. It's about ninety miles, ninety-five oh, miles. Man, uh, so I'd crash on someone's couch, or I rented a small apartment, like someone's bedroom, a spare bedroom in someone's house. But uh, I have a wife and four boys, and it just got tiring of doing this. I'd go up on a Sunday or Monday and come home on a Friday or Saturday. What would so, they be uh, doing in the meantime? What What was the types of things they were, you know, doing while you were in that work mode? What, my family or the yeah, brewery? Yeah, the, the family. Oh, well, my kids went to school. My, okay. my wife took care of them, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was strenuous. There'd be a couple weeks where I wouldn't be able to come home because I'd have mm. to work on the weekend type thing. Um, it just it, it was it was strenuous, and it, it got to me after a while. We'd, we'd, the plan was to move to Winston, and it just never happened. Um, so one of the hardest conversations I had to tell was a, a very, very good friend of mine and colleague and my boss – 
that I was uh, leaving his company to uh, come back to Charlotte. Completely understood. Uh, very supportive. Great, great family up there. Great company. Great products. So I left to come back to Charlotte to be director of brewing for Noda Brewing in Charlotte. Oh, okay. They just opened their second facility. Uh, 60 barrel brew house, 240 barrel fermenters. Nice. So I became director of brewing there. Sweet. Um, <laughs> which really, I just did special projects and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we had a production manager. We had a head brewer. So I, I really just did um, special projects and stuff. Uh, I was there for about a year, and uh, I got a calling to go back to pub brewing, which is most of my background. So there's a brew pub. Or there was a brew pub around the corner from my house called uh, Rivermen Brewing. Okay. And uh, they had started as a small, small nano, two-barrel system, nine-bar seats, uh, seven if you had to open the door because they had to move two bar seats. <laughs> um, so they decided to open up Brew Pub. Uh, with two systems it was a two barrel uh, with twos and fours and then a 10 barrel tens and 20s wow and um they no, just had... i remember you did a lot of work there man yeah we did we did a lot i was of part work. of the build out crew and everything yeah it was it was it was fun it was rough um they had massive massive financial issues that a lot of it didn't come to light for a while uh, so I think four of us were laid off in one shot. It was me, the assistant brewer. Well, I was I was hired as director of brewing. Our head brewer quit. He now owns a brewery here in the Charlotte area. So ah. I took over his responsibilities. Um, me, the assistant brewer, the executive staff, and the sous chef were all let go within a matter of weeks. And then they just plummeted, went down uh, more. This was a, a year ago, January. And then last July, they closed. Well, good. what attributed to that uh, demise? hate to say this but it was a lot of ownership issues okay a lot of ownership a lot of not having cash on hand we opened with minus dollars in the bank yeah um, that sounds bad so it was just, <laughs> <That's a good> <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah so it is what it is um that facility was actually just bought by a brewery near here uh to be a second facility for them so that ended january of last year um i got a call to help out with a brewery in high point which is outside of greensboro about yeah. an hour hour and a half north of here a long time brewery there called liberty uh brewing grill um their brewmaster went on sabbatical leave for a number of months um he got hurt he got injured and was out for about six seven months hmm. so they were calling in brewers and the brewer that was there uh, saw that I just left Riverman and called me up and said, hey, would you fill in for this guy until he's able to come back? Probably about two to three months. And I was like, sure. So I did that um, February, then the January, February, March of last year. And then I consulted for a few places. And I somehow hooked up with these guys at Lost Worlds, um, did some consulting, and then came on board full time in October, I guess. I mean, really June is when I, I kind of came on board. Um, and I've been here since we started brewing. St. Patrick's Day was our first brew. Wow! So very, very recently, and yeah, good, good timing there. Yeah, and we have about a we have a ten barrel brew house. We have 180 barrels of beer in tanks right now. Jesus Christ! And then kegs. Yeah, <laughs> we've been brewing a lot. What are you drinking right now? I see a nice little dark beer you got there. Yeah, this is our Trek Porter. Ooh. So right now we have four beers. Uh, I'm director of brewing and head brewer here. I have an assistant brewer. Um, but I, I got to design all the beers and stuff. So right now, the four, we have our Euchre. It's a golden ale. It's a really, really, really light beer. I modeled it on a light lager, but I didn't want to do a lot of lager, so we did an ale. Um, it's like, I don't know, 3.7%. I mean, it's really wow, light. Nice. 
Yeah, uh, it's crushable. I crushed yeah, one in that's, like 45. That's a nice number beer right there. Yeah. <laughs> so and it kind of goes I'd with have our, 12 of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of goes with our theme, which I can talk about in a second. So then we also have our Vista West Coast IPA. Classic, classic West Coast, you know, Chinook, Cascade, uh, Centennial, Simcoe, uh, just real classic, piney, a little piney, a little dank, a little citrusy. Um, that's 7.2. Um, then we have our Equator, which we're calling it's a session IPA. Uh, it's an island IPA is what we're calling it. So it's juicy, hazy, uh, but it's got a lot of mango, coconut, tropical flavors to it. Uh, El Dorado, Satana. Uh, mosaic Osaka are in it um, so that's that and then the Trek Porter which is it's between a, a robust and a an English brown type porter I kind of go with more of a robust but uh, it's 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 real nice did a lot of those recipes that you brought into Lost Worlds come from other places through experience or was it brand new recipes off the bat mixture of both okay so I, I really lucked out with our founders. We get along very well. We're very, our minds are very on with, when it comes to beer and industry and business. So when we sat and we decided where we are, so we're in Cornelius, North Carolina. It's about, I don't know, 15, 20 miles north of Charlotte. And it's on Lake Norman. Okay. So a lot of boating, a lot of golfing. Uh, it's an affluent area. So there's disposable income in this area. Um, and we looked at what was around here. There's a couple other breweries around, but not really close. So we're right off by 77, one of the major highways. We're a, literally a quarter mile off the highway. So it's a great location. Nice. When we were looking at the beer styles, we wanted to do all, mostly sessionable beers. Obviously, the, the Vista, the West Coast, it's a little higher. But we're going to concentrate on, on, um, on uh, sessionable style beers. You Stuff know, you can bring out on the boat. Or, exactly. or bring to the beach kind of thing. Exactly. So when we're looking at beers like that, that's what I did. So I, I have most of the recipes I've ever done before. Uh, I'll never copy a recipe. I remember when I left Foothills, uh, sitting at Jamie's desk and we're going over everything. And I was like, you know, Jamie, I have the recipe for sexual chocolate. And he goes, yeah, but that I know you'll never use it. That I'm like, you're right. Uh, I'll never use it. I might look at it and be like, that's a characteristic. I kind of like that in that beer or something like that. So that's what I've done. I've pulled some stuff. A couple of the recipes are based on recipes that I did at Riverman. They were my recipes there too. Not all of them, but some of them. So I kind of took what I liked about certain things and certain styles and, and kind of went that way with the, the beers. Some of the ingredients are different and such. But yeah. So the I want to go back to the ones you said. You had a porter, you have a golden, you have an IPA and a session IPA. Um, let's, let's run it down a little bit. And I know you said you had earlier a, a fifth beer in the tank, so we're going to yep. get to that one in a minute. Sure. Uh, the Porter that you're drinking right now, give us the, the lowdown on that. What, what's the, uh, the base and what are you add, adding for adjuncts and stuff like that? So the, the base is a two row malt. Uh, I'm a big fan of Canada malting. They're superior pill, superior pale malts. Um, we at a one brewery I was at, we had switched, we had used uh, Vireman and Muttons as our base malt mm. and then we switched to this. And we noticed our efficiencies went way up and our costs went way down. So when I oh, went over the river and I decided to kind of go that route, so we're getting real and then come here and uh, we're lucky enough where country malt groups got a, a warehouse about two hours from here. So oh. shipping is cheap or cheaper. Denver. So, and they're there, the supplier for that. So that's it. It's got some chocolate in it, some nice. black malt, a little bit of midnight wheat. I'm a huge fan of midnight wheat. 
Yeah. Um, Wait, what is that? It's a uh, sounds like something I'd be into. Yeah, it's a debittered um, wheat malt. So it's it's a roasted wheat malt, but it's debittered. Okay. So what does that mean? Basically means it, you you don't get a lot of roast characteristic out of it. So when you're making a stout, you know, stouts are really roasty, but porters and something like that have more of a chocolatey character to it. Hmm. So you get a lot of the darker. It's got a higher love bond, which is the, the scale you use for, yeah. for color in beer. So it's got like a 420 or 500 love bond somewhere in that range. I, I can't it, remember. Well, that color without that bitterness. Without, okay. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Got it. So I've used this this malt. I've used it in a black IPA. Wow. Um, One of my favorite fresh. styles, by the way. Yeah, same here. David, I love uh, a black Schwartz IPA. Beer. I did yeah. it in Schwartz beer. I came up with two. That's yep. That would be one of my faves. Yeah. Same here. Same here. So we'll do one of those. So it's somewhere in that character range, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, Um, There's some chocolate, some black. I'm a big fan of Reese's specialty malts, Mm. their caramel malts, and all their other stuff. Um, So that's what we use. What are you guys using for for yeast? Are you guys using uh, dry or or liquid? Both. So Mm. I had never really used dry yeast up until the last when I was at Riverman. And the owner there had been a, a brewer before he'd started a small little brewery. So he kind of convinced me to use dry and it worked well. We used uh, SO4 and USO5. Um, so when I came here, you know, our, our whole model changed in a matter of weeks. And but I, I, the big thing that stressed me out, I could do the recipes, I could plan our brews, I, I, I could build the brewery, meaning design and figure out all the parts we needed, everything like that. But the big thing that was, was yeast. I was like, well, we could use White Labs. They're two hours away. We could go, Ooh. not pay shipping, go pick it up. Just go pick uh, it up. Don't even get nothing in the mail. Go. Their pizza is awesome. They have a kitchen there. <laughs> awesome. So and um, I was like, all right. But- not everybody knows shipping for yeast is astronomical. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's so- next day overnight it, just to make sure it's fresh. And it's sometimes half the price of what the actual yeast is. Oh, like. yeah, definitely. Oh. Fuck. Yeah, definitely. You could spend a couple hundred bucks on shipping. Jesus shipping. Christ. Yeah. So I was I was torn with, you know, do we cause we knew when we once we started brewing we were gonna fill all tanks up. So we, we have a ten barrel brew house. We have four ten barrel fermenters and two twenty barrels. So that's eight brews, or, or six pitches. And I'm like, well, crap. Or five, yeah, six pitches. I'm like, we could buy liquid pitches, but that's gonna cost a couple thousand dollars. I'm like, you know what? And I didn't know when we were going to start. It all depended on, on when construction finished and when we were able to start brewing that way. So I was like, you know what? Let's try let's try using dry. So all of our beers have um, is 05. Well, not all of them um, is US 05, which is Chico. I mean, it's it's a standard yep. strain. I really wanted to put 04 in order. That's uh, an English strain, um, but we couldn't get any. The hmm. suppliers were all out. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, one thing we're finding out with this COVID thing is um, baker's yeast. They're running out of baker's yeast. So, there's a lot of really? bakers are using brewer's yeast now huh. and yep. stuff. So, uh, my wife bakes almost every Everybody single day. Everybody wants to make sourdough bread all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, we couldn't get 04. So, all of our, most of our beers, the, the, the Equator, which is our, our session IPA, hmm uses a different strain that's a liquid but i was able to plan accordingly for that so that uses um we use omega yeast out of uh, chicago for that nice. they have a uh, Quebec strain i never used it before bro uh, yeah how, were you were you impressed as much as when we used it 
uh, for the first time, I really could not believe how quickly fermentation started. It's unreal. What was, we, the, what was the temperature you guys fermented at? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Inside, inside talk. 85? Yeah, I, inside. Yeah, yeah, I did it at uh, 85. But oh, I know okay. some people that went up to about 95 to 100 degrees. Were you afraid to go like higher? I mean, yeah, I was stressed. I was stressed by the whole deal. <laughs> yep. So we had luckily we had gotten some samples. Yeast. We have a pilot system, a half barrel pilot system. Oh, nice. They I had got some samples of yeasts uh, they had sent us. So we had used it on um, on one of our beers, actually our test batch for Equator. Um, so I kind of knew how it was going to go, but we didn't, we didn't have fermentation control temperature. Like we had uni tanks, like little, uh, stainless unis, but they're not temperature controlled for, uh, for our pilot system. So I was a little nervous. So I figured out, I looked at the range where it could go. And I was like, all right, we'll just go right in the middle and see it. Yeah. You know, two and a half days, the beer's done fermenting. It's, wow. it's ridiculous. It's insane. So yeah, for, for the, the people so out there. Ordered that... it. All right. This is when we're going to brew it. Their, their turnaround time was a week at that, at that time. So, all right, I know we're going to brew this next week. We'll get it in. And literally that day they announced they're closing. And I'm like, oh, crap. What are we going to do? <laughs> so I call them and I say, hey, are we going to get this yeast? And they said, yep, you're going to get it. Our last day will be Monday. It's going out Monday. Um, so we, we recaptured, which we didn't get a lot of yeast. And that made me really nervous. This strain doesn't block very well, nope. obviously, because nope. it's a, it's meant for this. So... Um, so we didn't get a lot of yeast to recapture. I was like, shit, is this, are we going to be able to ferment? So we brewed into it you know, that whole night. I'm just sweating bullets. Like, is, is it going to happen? Walking the next day, it's going to ape shit. Just absolutely ape crap. I'm like, yep. thank you. So we decided to only do two generations out of this one. Uh, and then an Omega announced they're opening again, or they opened again. Good. So next time we need to brew this, I'll get a, a new pitch in. Craig, I want to, uh, Dave, David, I want to go back really quick and, and talk about a couple of things that I just was making notes on. Um, the first is, you know, when, when you guys are putting a whole plan together and, and making up what you want to do, there was no insight to what was going to happen in the next month or so. So your first brew day was supposed to be, you know, St. Patrick's day, you said? Yeah, so that was our first brew day. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, it's the, the whole country is shut down. Was there anything you were concerned about? I mean, besides the obvious that yeah. would play into that. I mean, obviously I think a lot of brewers figured out very quickly within a week or so what they could do. So you have beer in the tanks. Um, what, what was the plan then moving forward? Um, well, we, we, we had to completely change business model. So our location, we're in a strip mall. It's a lot of stuff around. We're in actually an old blockbuster video, so we're not that big. Yeah, this is wild because Classic. the signs on the street still say blockbuster, and we're going to take them off. And I got to – I can only put them in a certain area of the brewery just because of, the, of our, our, our... You should have just kept kind of the, the, the brewery name Blockbuster Brewery. Yeah, exactly. That would have been perfect. <laughs> kept yeah. the logo. They're out of business. The logo just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, so we're a small space. The idea was always to be tap room. You know, we, we have a 3,000 square foot beer garden that's attached to us. It's part of the parking lot that's part of us. Uh, we have it fenced off. Uh, we have a nice size tap room, a 40 person event room. Nice. So the idea was to be a tap room and to gradually sell beer outside. Okay. You know, do some draft sales and, you know, probably nine months to a year, start canning and gradually go out that way. Our founders, they're past. Well, that one ran out the fucking window, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to get that. So our founders are business consultants by trade. They, they take medium and large side business 
businesses and they kind of uh, try to evolve them okay and, get the, and, and kind of go that way push them to a so new level the yeah the plan has always been to evolve and get bigger in this snap but not immediately so when we had you know we filled up all our tanks with beer and then oh crap tap rooms can't be open um we had to switch gears and we started canning so we canned last week two beers um we got a mobile unit here so once again we don't have the space for a canning i was gonna say right? you didn't have any stockpile of uh, aluminum cans sitting around that no, you could do so you no. had to immediately try to make do with what you had going on yeah exactly so we were we were able to get in on the schedule with this company you need about a month's leeway wow so we actually planned it about like three weeks a month out um it was just me trying to get the beer ready and hmm. figuring all that out because they you got to schedule a month in advance all right a month from now you're yeah. coming in and canning it is what it so, is at that point. Yeah. So we, we've switched gears. Um, we're in, uh, yes, what's today? I don't even know what day it is. Today's Tuesday. So mm. yesterday we um, That's we all got of us a, right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we got into a couple of supermarket chains. Well, one supermarket chain. So we kind of lucked out where we had a little bit of an in with Lowe's or with a certain supermarket okay. chain. I'm not allowed to say. Uh, you can you, ask you me. You almost let it go. I saw you it. Almost you almost did. Um, from our owner's past life. Um, so they were able to put us in four of their locations. Cool. Uh, oh, good. That's awesome. Two, yeah. So, yeah, they uh, they showed pictures of uh, four stacks and stuff and all that kind of stuff. So they took they took almost like 60 cases of beer. And had, had it sell. a contract, in, like a retail contract that early is. Yeah. And these were the first, crazy. some of these were the first batches we had brewed. So, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. How's it going to go? Uh, but but everything turned out really good. Good. Knock on wood. But, Congrats! Uh, that's awesome. Yes. That's, yeah. So we've we've had to pivot and and do that. We're, we're able to <laughs> we're able to do to go beer. So we opened our first day was this past Saturday. We did a couple of soft openings to make sure our POS system worked. Okay. And, and see that um, this past Saturday was our first day open. And we, we did pretty good. I think we, we sold about 50 cases of beer out wow. our door, plus nice. a bunch of growlers. It helps, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're able to do growler fills. Um, crowlers, we, uh, you can't see. We got a crowler machine right behind me. Right. There so it is. There there. I can't there see. October? Yeah, October. But well, we can't get crowlers right yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah, we, everybody, have, we have orders for them. Everybody's and, having a rough time. We the first order was supposed to be here on the sixth okay. this past month. Oof. Delayed and delayed and delayed. It was supposed to come today. I called at eight twenty this morning. They said, "Yep, it's on the truck for delivery." You know, a couple thousand crowlers. All right, and it didn't come. So they're telling us tomorrow. So we said we have a couple of orders, so we'll be able to do that. Uh, but we can do crowlers. We can do that. Um, can you guys do deliveries? That was something that, that changed up here that I, I was pretty surprising. We can. So the way the ABC laws, alcohol beverage control laws here in North Carolina work is you can. Now, you can't set up like an ice cream truck and go down the street and sit here. <laughs> you can't. Oh, I had to thought of that. And Shit. that obviously sounds like the best thing. Ever, ever, ever. ever. I think you need a different tune yes. other than the traditional ice cream man. I was just thinking that. I was thinking, what, what could it be? Boy, would that orders. be. A... We, they have to be paid for in advance, and then we could go set up in an area, and people come with IDs, and then a copy of the receipt, email. Okay. And they could pick it up that way, or we could do home delivery. So that's something we're actually seriously thinking about right now uh, for the temporary. I know you could do that in New York and such. I mean, that's how Bluebell Beer started. Uh, yeah. You know, 
40, 50 years ago, however long ago, or 60 years, whatever it was, that's how Mike started that company. Nice. Um, and now he's actually reverted back to that now. One of my best friends worked there for about 30 years. Um, so he uh, he was telling me a little bit about it. So you're very familiar with the business model of how that's going to work. And, and yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Definitely helps yeah. with the experience. Definitely. Well, I've got a question. Uh, where, yeah. did, where did the name come from, Lost Nation? There you go. Um, Lost Worlds. Lost Worlds. So we had a different name. We're a lost nation right now, but yes, you're right. (laughs) Exactly. So um, we had a different name that our our, our founders really liked, um, but we decided to go with this. So another background of them is they're huge into archaeology. They're on a couple boards, and they bring kids, all uh, school-age kids all around the world. Oh, that's cool. boards and groups they're involved, and they do archaeological things. Holy People shit. think we're Jurassic Park dinosaur themes. We're not at all. Well, I always joke we're always going to get dinosaur costumes and wear them, but we're not. I, I um, did. I did. You see one of our posts? I quick brood egg in like the uh, one of those fucking T Rex inflatable. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you just run around with it. And, uh. so that's I, where it came from. My initial post when we uh, first uh, confirmed your appearance today, I actually put the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park logo in in the post, and I went. Nah, it's it's too easy fish in a barrel kind of thing. I'm gonna I removed it and did something different really quick. So it's, I'm like, it's 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 archaeological based. We 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 want the tap room. It's not like any other kind of tap room that just has generic type stuff that comes in that are all look the same, a chalkboard or or you know same type of chairs. It's 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 very detailed, and I, I can't really show you much of any of it right now because um, my it's dark in here, but. Yeah. But it's it's we have pictures from all over the world. We're gonna have artifacts, so we actually have a six foot uh, st- uh, terracotta statue. We're gonna put we have a big plane that's gonna hang from the ceilings, Ooh. an old seaplane, all kinds of really cool stuff like that. Um, we're gonna do talks. Uh, we'll have archaeologists archaeologists in here and it's a we're, we're adventure theme so if you look at our hashtag it's find your adventure nice and the, the whole theme of it is to be like turn of the century adventure clubs like all the adventurers would come in drink a couple pints or whatever and talk about all the stories from them hiking you know kilimanjaro or or the appalachian trail or anything like that um and that's the also the idea behind session beers too we want yeah. you to come in here and have a few beers and still be able to talk and not get schnockered on a couple of, <laughs> you know, double IPA barley wines and fall out the door. Um, <laughs> so it, it all falls together. Location, where we're located, our theme, beers. So it's really cool. The, great, man. The, uh, the other question I had, and I want to go back to what you opened with today, uh, talking about that accelerated yeast fermentation, you and Steve were talking about the inside secrets. So, for for someone that doesn't know any better, how how does that all that work? I mean, is it something within the science of the yeast, or is it something like is an adjunct added to the liquid yeast? How's how does that? It's, it's the yeast itself. It just has such a high temperature tolerance, mm-hmm. and, and for me, it's fairly new. I, I had like I said, I never really used it, never really researched it. I talked to a couple other brewers, local brewers that had used it. Um, I think I went to a seminar on it. And um, yeah, but it's all temperature. So with, with certain strains, like in a normal ale strain, you ferment above, you know, 72, 75 degrees, you're going to get a lot of fruity esters out of it. Uh, you ferment any more than, higher than that in the 80s or 90s, it's going to, you're going to get a lot of fusel, higher alcohols that come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But with this strain, you don't get anything. Then what me and Steve were talking about earlier, you know, being nervous, I was like, how do you do a de-rest? Like a thiazole yes. on Yes. And you we really terrified, don't. Bro. Yeah, you, you, you don't because it, it does itself. It's nope. so weird. It's so weird. I'm a, it, I'm a clap. It, it basically goes against everything we've been conditioned to as yep. brewers, you know, as Van Huskaboot, basically. This yeah. is where you brew. <laughs> this is how it's done. And don't deviate from it. And then all of a sudden, this strain of yeast comes along. That axe has been around for over 100 years. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, people are using it. And it your 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 whole idea of brewing goes out the window of what you were used to doing. And now mm. you're... Now you and it's really does scare you. It it you're like I'm gonna waste all this money because I'm gonna I'm gonna ferment too high and this beer is gonna taste like crap. Yeah. And and then two days later the beer is like perfect. And yeah. Now now it's, your dry hop sessions if you're doing a, a, a you know really hazy IPA. This is all less time. This is more. This is quicker turnaround to get a beer out. It's. Yeah. So this is another local brewery here that opened a few weeks ago and their brewer came from another Charlotte brewery and we're buddies and we were chatting and he was like, yeah, I'm using it in a few of my beers because the turnaround time is so much quicker. You have a beer out of a tank in less than a week. Yep. Wow. So it's, it's, it's so bizarre. I'm a classically trained brewer. Like we thought we were talking earlier about Siebel and, and, you know, my corporate brewing background with, hmm. with rock bottom, that chain for 11 years, you know, I'm just, okay. Everything's, sort of a certain way and then this just throws it all <laughs> yep. out the window yeah it's just even, there's so many things right now in brewing that are going out the window besides the, the pandemic we're in you know pastry uh, stouts yeah. and you know sour ipas and all that kind of crap david, i, lo- I love you, me a good how sour do feel, how do you feel about the hazy ipa david i it took me a long time to get around to it i once again classically trained you know Look at a beer. You look at it. It's clear. You you take the first bite with your eyes. Ooh. So you, you look at it. You're like, hell yeah, clear beer. It's it's nothing in it. it looks great. I want to drink that. Um, hold on, hold on. I think I got an idea for a new tagline for our show. Taking the first bite with your ears. Ah. Hey, nah? look at you. Pete hates That's it. I think me. he just shit himself. It's one of the uh, two. It's either. Uh, so, how, how about take that, that first sip with your ears? Ooh, that's a good one. All right, so, getting better. That's how we 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 do these uh these sessions. We just kind of throw around some ideas. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give David a a, a little like, hey, thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a little a dash and then his name, David Gonzalez. Yes. Yeah, perfect. So the haze, ju- I don't like calling them hazies. I like calling them juicies. And with this a beer, the our equator was going to be a juicy IPA. Uh, it is. It's not overly hazy. Um, it's not milkshakey type looking. Uh, it's got haze to it, um, but not a lot. I, the term juicy I like a lot. Not orange juice. I, I I've had a lot of these these beers that you taste. You look at it, it looks like orange juice. You smell, you taste it. It's orange juice. I don't like that. This one, it's got the tropical notes in it. Hmm. So for me, with the New England type beer, that's what I want. I don't want the, the milkshakey, you know, thick looking beer. Yeah. I don't want the, the complete orange Julius type beers. I've had ones where you're like you're you're drinking and you can see like there's just particulate. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. 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 That those ones are a little off-putting, but the the uh, those New England like juicy style IPAs. That's what got me in the IPAs. Like when. Mike and I first started doing the podcast, you know, 
I'm like, I don't really like IPAs. I've had a bunch, you know, there's been a couple like session IPAs that I kind of liked, but then I started trying some of those, those, you know, New England, hazy, juicy IPAs. I'm like, it's fucking great. I could drink these all day. <laughs> As it's gone on and that's more. opened me up to some, you know, some yeah. of the more traditional IPAs. The West it was Coast a gateway. Ones, yeah, yeah. The West Coast ones for me are still a little, those, those uh, are tough for me, but. It is, it's for you, it's the bitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, what it is. And you get some of the big West Coasts. Um, you know, it's a real big malt background with a ton of bitter behind it. Clear yeah. to be, you know, beautifully clear. But yeah, a lot of like like some of the stuff that uh, Knee Deep was doing, mm. um, heavy duty bitter, uh, a lot of malt background. Um, those are, I, I can't enjoy those. It, it it's like you know when when you go for like wings, getting like you know the fucking nuclear level wing. Like it doesn't. <laughs> it's a, it's. Now it's just like I feel like I have something to prove, not enjoying a meal or a beer. <laughs> I I actually particularly love West Coast style IPAs. I like the piney. I like sappy. I like bitter, um, with a, a strong malt background, not over the top, but you know, like Sierra Nevada Stone we were talking about before the show. Those are some of my and gateway IPAs, and then it brought me into the pales, and then it brought me into now with the style of uh, West, uh, North any IPA or hazies, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, and, and I, now uh, what David was saying before, um, sour IPAs becoming a, uh, uh, for me, one of my better IPA, you know, variants and black IPAs, those two I can drink all day. I'll drink them back and forth, you know, just alternate between the two. Cause for me, that's, that's what I like. I like a little bit of juicy or bitter and then give me something like new. Give me something sour. Give me something dark and roasty. I, I love that. I, I got to find some guy. more black IPAs. I, 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 you had given me one from a brewery in Queens and I had like two sips and I fucking dumped the thing. So yeah. I got to. <laughs> well, El- Eleanor was very good from Dubco. That one was a okay. really good one. The that. problem with black IPAs are, and, and, we were talking a little earlier about, you know, midnight wheat. Mm. Some guys want to get that, that dark, dark, you know, that black, but they'll use, they'll use the wrong malt. They'll use, use yeah. Or roast or something. Yeah. Just so roasty and bitter. Um, and, um, you know, you could easily get around that. Um, you could even, we used to do a, a thing with some of our beers. We used to do it called the cap. We would, after, after we were done, with our mash, we would actually pour, uh, as we started our sparge or lauder, we would pour our black malt right on top. Really? And you wouldn't get the bitterness, but you would get all the flavor instead of it sitting in that mash for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and that worked for quite a few of our beers, you know, where we didn't want bitterness. But Midnight Wheat, once we, we found out about Midnight Wheat, we used that so often. We... Uh, because it, it was just such a and and like you said you know yeah yeah you, you had a great lever bond on it but all that bitterness wasn't there uh oh what do we got there huh i really want to try that one because i immediately thought of my wife yeah that's exactly terry is often cursing in front of the kids i really like going into having <laughs> kids i thought i was gonna be the one with the potty Ooh, mouth. a little bit of uh larry's spider bite over there huh yep. but god damn does she curse <laughs> uh, often yeah, black IPAs. I just, I to me, I, I love them, and I think they're a little bit of the best of both worlds. Yes, I agree. You get the darkness, darkness out of it. You can get a little bit of a, a, a 
tiny bit of roast character if it's done right. But you could also, you know, you get the hot bitterness of an IPA. And it's just, I don't know about up there where you guys are, but down here, they just, some of them just don't sell well. And, and you don't really? see them as much. They, they, they don't. You know what? We had that, that for a while there, probably about five years ago, six years ago, a whole bunch of breweries here in New York started doing black IPAs. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we actually, we, we did one called Black Spot. It was a black rye IPA. And for that year, people loved it. And then all of a sudden, boom. And, and I think I think what it might have been too, again, a lot of breweries were making them so roasty bitter. Um, kind of gave a now, bad, bad name for it. the majority it. of them, they're a little sweeter. Uh, and you got a real good hot profile, and they are black. They're they're jet black. I, I think it's been the evolution of the IPA, though. Agreed. So, I mean, when I first started brewing, there were English IPAs and American IPAs, and that was it. Yeah. And, then it and then we had the West Coast IPA, and then you know, then black IPAs, white IPAs, red IPAs, and then all of a sudden, okay, now we have juicy IPAs, New England IPAs, um, and then sour and fruited IPAs. I mean. Who knows what's going to be next? I was going to say, was, so what do you, what do you think on, uh, is going to be the next hours? I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. I, I went to, it was funny, you know, it, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, someone would walk into your tap room or restaurant or bar, whatever, back. what's the lightest beer you have? About a Yo, year man. and a half, about a year and a half ago, not I'm so at a brewery <laughs> and, and I see an older lady, well, not older, probably about 10, 15 years older than me, she walks up to her and says, what's the lightest IPA you have? <laughs> So people are now equating IPAs to craft, true. Wow. Which is it's so it's that I, I just sit there. I was like, what? <laughs> so this whole time we're talking about real quick to get uh, back to black IPAs. I'm trying to think. Man, there was a black IPA that I loved so much. Firestone Walker Wookiee. Ah, I, oh, I, I I have had it, and it is that was one of the first black IPAs that I ever had that really impressed me. It, and it was like a cross between a uh, West Coast uh, mm. IPA. It had and, that bitter, but, but piney. It had a roastiness to it, but not overly bitter. Mm. Wookie Jack was wow, it's a really good one. There's uh, Foothills Brewing makes one called Frostbite. I've, I've, winter, I've heard of it, yeah. I've, it's I've, their I've... winter seasonal, and it's a black yeah. IPA. And it's it's great. Absolutely great. And then you even have... Men, we did one, and I, we ended up winning a gold medal at a regional competition for it. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> I remember, but yeah, so many yeah, names. Okay. Bro, the the amount of beers you've grown, you have brewed over your lifetime, you're you're okay to forget one. Or two right now. Yeah. I one of the one of my favorites, and it just going, it's not classified as an IPA, but uh, Magic Hat actually came out with the most recent favorite that I've had besides number nine um, was Snow Roller. It was a hoppy brown. So they had a, a, a brown base, but then overhopped it, and it was not juicy and not bitter. It was just perfectly dead-on, mediocre hops. And I think I went to an Islander game, and I think I drank the entire 12-pack myself. I had about <laughs> six or seven before the game, and I remember grilling after the game. It was like 30 degrees out. We're grilling, eating sausages. And I had four more of those roller, uh, snow rollers. And then they got rid of it. Like the following year, it was gone off the menu. They haven't made it as far as I know since. And I've been kind of keeping up with them. And 
it's just it's one of those things like some things I guess sell for certain places and when it doesn't they just dump it and I I hate that I wish they would bring it well, back a little more often. I, no, I know you, yeah. you you look at the numbers and all that kind of stuff. Um, do you guys is Magic Hat distributed pretty well up by you? Yeah, we, we rarely see it down here at all. Really? Yeah. And to be honest, a lot of stuff is not all that great. Like I've had a bunch of stuff in between. I've gotten the mix packs to see if I can get back into some of it. Before they had gotten taken over, before they got that bought out. Yup. It was some of the beers were really, really good. Especially in the tasting room. Big Magic Cat fan, Um, and they they did a Hefeweizen and it was really done well. Mm -hmm. Now, man, it's just it's mass produced stuff that I really not a fan of I'd, I'd rather try to find the brewery that uh, here we go bro you have so much magic hat well listen like i said early on i i was very into it and when i first opened this bar down here in 2007 i saw like people came in uh for the opening of my little bar down here uh with a bunch of magic magic hat stuff because i they knew i loved it and so i kept a lot of this stuff it's kind of all just under the bar now and obviously i don't have it out but this is this is real tin, and uh, one of the classic, you know, things that they would post in their brewery. And I also have one of the original tap handles that they had at the brewery that you could actually sub out their seasonals, their rotating seasonals. Oh yeah. So they had their their. Um, I don't think it was a double IPA, but they thought it was a double IPA at the time, but it didn't hey, have. Thanks for coming back. Hey. Everything come out of So bad. It was like Tom Hanks and a leave of their own. There's no crying in baseball? No crying in baseball. No crying. Someone there with a fucking stopwatch. It was uncomfortable. So, uh, like, just because it's one of my first loves, I always go back and try to give it a little bit of extra, you know, love here and there to, to see if they've come out with anything. But, like I said, you know, uh, one of the things, I love the Dropkick Murphys. So they came out with that pub ale, which was their collaboration with the Dropkicks. Wasn't that great? I'm gonna be honest with you. I I wanted to like it. I drank I four of them, and I'm like, mm, I just You're I don't want them. Are we bad mouthing now? Yeah, uh, everybody. Magic Hat, uh, oh, who I not only do oh. I say I love them, but I also can't stand some of the new stuff that's out there. And I really would love them to go back to their roots of brewing just a good number nine and brewing that snow roller that I had years ago, and just some some regular ones that I really did love. I think I've only had a couple. I think the only Magic Hat beers that actually had are number nine. I, I like this is one of my this is one of my favorite questions. And going forward, uh, every brewer is going to get asked this. Dave, um, so uh, it's a three part question. What is your most <laughs> memorable beer? Ooh. that really just you you were just like wow. What is right now your favorite beer that you would go to to drink? It's like Steve knows our show because he knows at 8.40 we usually take a pee break, <laughs> which we both went and did, and then we come back and we ask these types of questions. Yeah. It's crazy. Go ahead, uh, Steve. And, and, and then the third part, out of all the styles Ooh. that are out there, what is your favorite style that you like to be? So one of my most memorable beers that I, I enjoy still to this day, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So gotta love it. Classic. I remember one day at James Bay we brewed, and then there was a Tri-State Brewers Guild meeting. Uh, I think it was the old Telephone Bar and Grill in Manhattan. So we all load up in Jeff's Jeep, his Cherokee, with me, Rich, who was the brewer at the time, some other guy, and Jeff, and we go to this meeting. We eat dinner. I have a couple, like one or two imperial pints of that. And then we go to the meeting in the back and it's 20 bucks all you can drink. 
and I'm just pounding pint after imperial pint after imperial pint. <laughs> they got like eight or nine imperial pints, and I'm completely blitzed. I ended up throwing up in Jeff's Jeep on the way home. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I mean it was it was bad, but I the, the beer that night just it tasted awesome, absolutely phenomenal. And this was in like '96 or so. Um, and it's crazy to think that those types of beers were out there that early on. You know, I was I was only in, I mean, not to date myself, but I was only in high school. I was a senior in high school in '96. So, you know, I the things that we would see in the 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 7-Elevens or whatever uh, were the stuff obviously we can afford. But I, w- I never remember seeing Sierra Nevada at the time. And then later when I finally was able to drink and started getting into a little craft beer in like 2001 or so, um, I started seeing it. I'm like, oh, I got to try this. And it really was one of those things that was like a, a gateway into that world. It's crazy. It's a gateway. It's so classic. It's so well done. I, I get up to Sierra Nevada because this one this one in Asheville, two hours from my door to there. Oh, there's right. two hours. Oh, that's nice. right. Yeah, and the place um, is unbelievably like what they put into it. The amount of money is it, it's it's unreal. Insane. It's absolutely it's Walt Disney World. It really really <laughs> is. It's unbelievable. I've seen that shirt. It's Walt, out there. Walt yeah, World. I like and that. every time I go, I get a flight. And and uh, one of them is always the Pale Ale. Always is it's just it's so good. It's such a good beer. So the second part of your question, what's one of my favorite beers? I tend not to like like certain brands. I tend to like styles. Uh, so that kind of ties me a third part of the question. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm a malt head. I love malty beers. I love porters. Uh, like with Schwartz beers, we talked about that earlier. Some stouts, brown ales. I just I like malt. I, I go through phases with hops. So certain times I love a hoppy beer, nice IPA. Sometimes I don't. Um, I'll get back to brands. So one of my favorite beers is Foothills People's Porter. Ooh. I absolutely love that beer. Uh, my youngest son is named after that beer. Bro, you had brought <laughs> me that beer. I did. I can't remember. I mean, years ago. Yeah. And I remember putting it aside for a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, man, I got this porter. I, you know, it's been sitting for a little It was such a really well done it really just, is it was and and people you know have issues with stout and porter and but for me uh the style it was it was right on it had chocolate notes it was yeah. it was really a good beer it's it's really it is a good beer and I, I tend not to like like to call out certain brands or whatever um but that one is it's oh it's usually always in our fridge um and but but I tend to like styles more than I like brands and stuff. I like maltier beers. Hmm. But yeah, any, my my favorite beer is the one that's right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> and 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 on the other side of that, I also believe there's a time and a place for every single beer. Sure, true. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. It, there's a time and a place for it. There are. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I remember being down in in Tampa, and. I look over and there's this little shack type of thing. We're on the beach and um, PBR. Ooh. And that beer for that moment was the perfect beer for me. It is. I was oh. just like, this is hitting all the spots right now. Yeah. we A couple of weeks ago, our tap room manager had brought some course banquets in. And I hadn't, hadn't had one of those in years. <laughs> and we finished up and uh, we we're all having a beer. And I was like, man. This is good. It, it, it is what it is, but it, it's good. 
And honestly, we were talking about our Euchre Golden the other day, I guess Saturday. And I was like, you know what? It's sort of like Banquet. It's sort of like Coors Banquet. <laughs> There's something to be said for consistency. That's so. true. Oh, of course. As a brewer, of course. I had a day-old Budweiser next to a year-old Budweiser. One was made at a brewery in the U.S. One was made somewhere in Europe. But it blew my mind that they like brewed that over there. But I had them next to each other. They were identical. Wow. They tasted identical. A quarter pounder, you know, at the McDonald's down the street tastes the same as a quarter pounder <laughs> in, in fucking Wichita. Yeah. China, yeah. Yeah. Or China. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's relax there. China. Little China. 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 But the point is, like, when you have all these, uh, you know, different areas that can support local craft beer, can you get a IPA, New England IPA, that tastes the same? in long island versus north carolina and i don't yeah. i don't think you're not going i don't think you are i think you're gonna I, get i think you are yeah i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna say right now there are you know the amount of all the the hazies that are out there and whatever you want to call them um you have these big haze boys that are out there and if especially uh, they're they're haze boy fanboys so they'll only be yeah hazy well, but they'll only be Haze boy fanboys for certain breweries. If I took at certain breweries all their hazies and put them in a line, and I asked the haze boys to name them, you're not naming them. No, you're that's right. what I mean. So could you could you naming. get the same you know could you get the same beer in here as you could in you know in Nevada or you know Texas? Yeah, I think you can because some of those beers. They just end up starting to taste the same after a while. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there are breweries that are known for making this. I, I went to one about a year and a half, two years ago, and then I went to one about six months ago, and they lined all the beers up, and they all tasted very similar. They yep. were all haze, haze bombs or whatever, hmm. and they all just tasted identical. This one's got citrus. This one's got Simcoe. This one's got Amarillo. All right, you get a little bit of that note, but they were all – my palate's not good enough to be able to pick out a, a specific hop variety. I mean, and I don't. I don't think I'm in the minority there. There are there yeah. are certain. Well, here's here's the thing though. You know, it's the same thing with West Coast though. But I found with West Coast beers, and I've had quite a few. I was very big on West Coast beers because, again, you know, I was the kind of the go-to. Right, right, right. Um, but there are certain beers that you immediately as soon as you taste it you know that's you that know beer. And, yeah. and and i'm gonna pliny the elder uh from <laughs> russian river that beer if you drink it you know it's pliny the elder it, there's no other beer sierra nevada pale ale you drink that beer that's sierra nevada pale ale there's uh, you're gonna have a hard time if they put all the pale ales around it to, to you're not gonna have a right. hard time guessing which one well, every is. every pale ale is well, not every, but it's modeled after Sierra Nevada. True. I mean, they're the mm -hmm. they're the quintessential without a doubt PLL. I mean ABA. That's it. And for good reason. I want to give a yeah. quick quick shout out to people on Instagram. You guys see me hold my phone up really quick. So we have a uh, little Debbie Cake Five tuning in. East End oh. Trivia says hi. Long Beach Brewing Company, our boys over there, says what's hey. up. Uh, Hudson River Brewery up up uh, up the Hudson River, obviously. And old uh, Claverack Brewery over Claverack. What up, buddy? He's uh, he's on here and saying what's going on. So just saying hi to people. And 
I'm just going to end it now because it's just too much of a distraction to the show. What was that first name? Uh, Little Debbie Cakes. Little Debbie Cakes. Yeah, I'm she's actually she's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, she follows uh, everything we do uh, on yep. the work. Yep, sure um, does. And she's uh, she's she's big into craft beer that I know. She's a local, local yes. Long Island lady. Yes, yes. I uh, I went live before, but um, there was I, I little I, Debbie Cakes five. Yes, I I went live before maybe like half hour ago, and I was like, why isn't there anyone tuning in? Like usually at least there's one person that comes in. And then I went back over to Instagram and I saw there's seven different live breweries right now. So that's one of the big things that's going on on the social media platforms is no one can have people in their tasting room. So, you know, I'm sure you guys saw, you know, places like Blue Point, they're still hosting their live music nights on Friday or Saturday nights, but they're doing it remotely. So they're doing it on Instagram, given, I guess, the musician, the Instagram account information, and they'll just go live and then you can drink your Blue Point beer while watching these guys online. It's kind of like this new normal thing going on. It's it's strange, yeah. but it's the big, it's working. The big thing now is, which is, you know, I, I, I have to say I, I, I give it to a lot of the breweries and a lot of the restaurants, bars that are out there. They're, they're you know, thinking outside the box now, because which you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, besides having a really good product, having a really good idea. Uh, Main Street in, well, actually Park Avenue in Massapequa is the virtual beer crawl. And yeah, you I saw that. Three, you go to three different places. You order your beer or your, your drinks and your food in advance. They bring it to your house. Yep, deliver it. Yep. And, and then the, the crawl starts at a certain time, and then you actually virtually crawl one place to the next. And same thing, you know, you have somebody that's, you know, playing uh, acoustic or something like that. And if we can't get out, you might as well bring it home to you. So, yeah, we're actually doing a virtual uh, yoga tomorrow night here. So we'll have our yoga instructor in here by herself and doing it on Zoom or whatever. I don't know how we're doing it yet. That's not my department. <laughs> right. Call IT for that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even just doing this tonight, uh, there's so many things. So, David, I'll give you a, a little quick background. So we have uh, GovsRadio.com, our uh, sister station or mother station, if you even will, uh, where we broadcast on and we're live there right now. We're also live on Facebook and um, we're live on Facebook and YouTube on GovsRadio.com. But, um, uh, you know, for the most part, we have 13 different podcasts. And for for us, uh, and I have two people that are managing the, the, we'll say the shows, and then I work on the technical aspect. It is a ridiculous undertaking to get things like this to work. Now, to take a phone, simple phone, and hit record is very easy, but it doesn't present this level of broadcasting that now people at their homes are doing. So what we're doing here, besides me having a mic and you guys being on, um, is, is like that next step up that people are having a really tough time kind of grasping the, the level of information you have to have in order just to do something like this for us to take our zoom to bring it into a streaming platform to then distribute it out there's like a million things involved with it including not only video but audio and uh metadata and all that it's it's just crazy how much people and the learning curve is how much people are learning uh in this time about technology 
Oh, even, yeah. even so much like my in-laws or my parents, they never Zoomed before. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it means to do a background, a virtual background, uh, to bring up a whiteboard to play tic-tac-toe. Or, But people are learning so much technology right now. It's going to be hard to just dismiss that and push it away moving forward. Really? Well, really. my kids, my kids are going to school and they're doing it via Zoom right now. Mm-hmm. Virtual teaching. It's so bizarre. I've been doing it as well. My daughter had a Zoom pajama party for pre-K today. <laughs> That's awesome. We've been doing like family members birthday parties all around the country. We've had a couple of milestone birthdays recently. And all my cousins and aunts and uncles, we all get on Zoom or or whatever. And we have a birthday party. It's weird. Weird. Really weird. And we've been doing, have you guys been doing birthday parades? Have you been doing that? Harry's got to do a couple on uh, on Sunday. I, I And I think I did I mention your wife's birthday yesterday? So happy birthday to Terry, Pete's wife. Ah, happy birthday, Terry. Even though I know you're probably not watching because you hate your husband. <laughs> she uh, sure does. <laughs> because happy birthday, the little Terry. Yeah. You can hear it through the floor. Yes. I did. Oh. I did hear the, the screaming uh, infant through the floor. That's great. I had before when I uh, ran out really quick, I was going to get a beer, but I also peed and then also took care of the kids and put them quickly to bed. So... Taking care of a couple things at, at once. Ooh, what is that? What is that? More spider. Oh, bite. more spider bite. Yeah, Rafina. Ooh, a Belgian quad. Yes. They make good beers. Larry makes good beers. Yes, he does. <laughs> Larry's Larry Larry's Larry's my boy. We've been really good friends for a, a long time. We've done many collaborations together. Dude, collaborator was the balls. Yeah. That uh, was that Doppelbach. Was that uh, Doppelbach? And he still that thing was. He still has great. a keg of it that we were supposed to ice yeah that never i I was anxiously awaiting he still has that um and 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 the best part was the the name of that that beer um and i don't know if we're i'm going to even say it because (laughs) larry obviously has issues with everything is um very very I, i i don't know if you open wide, I mean, yeah. I, I like I like to see you tap dance around all this. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I homebrewed with him a few years ago. I was visiting my folks. Somehow we ran into. I think I went by the brewery or something. And he, oh no, it wasn't even then. But um, somehow we we ran into each other. And he goes, yeah, you know, I, oh, you're in Northport. I have some friends in like uh, Northport area. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna homebrew with them this weekend. Are you still gonna be here? And I'm like, actually, I am. Yeah, it's off of. Uh, off of a, a Sandy Hall Road. I'm like, no crap. My parents live off Sandy <laughs> Hall Road. So it was, it was. Uh, I'm not kidding, a quarter mile from my parents' oh, house. And I went shit. up there at someone's, someone's driveway and we spent the day brewing. I don't know, it must have been five, eight years ago or something. Yeah. It was they, thought, they thought you were coming over to visit, but you ended up just walking out, be like, I'll be right back. And then you're yeah, gone for four hours. <laughs> well, I do that every time I go visit my folks. So the kids will go spend a day with them. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to a brewery. So the first time. I, I uh, well, I, I had known um, his name just left before Chef Brewing. Oh, Mike, Mike Philbert. Yeah, 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 Mike. And I, I was like, hey, uh, I'm gonna be in town. Do you mind if I just spend the day, hang out? I just want to be in a brewery for a couple hours. And he goes, collaboration, and I'm like, <laughs> all right. So that's is that I mean. all it takes? Because Pete and I have been looking to collaborate on a beer for a very for two years now. <laughs> we should just so, yeah, call we up. Did, uh, we did a beer. One of our thousand of people. Yeah, we did a Carolina Common. It was a Ooh, California nice. Common. Then we got some North Carolina peaches. Ah, and uh, we, we did a batch of that. That's but cool. He sent me, he bottled up a couple of bottles, sent them to me. It was pretty good. But I've done a couple of collabs with him or with them. 
Uh, you got yeah. you got some good breweries in the area too. Of course, Sand City, probably the most famous one oh, and tradable yeah. one online. And then of course you got Harborhead. Yeah. Uh, Will and the boys are doing a great job over there. So, you know, some good breweries are uh, and Six Harbors right in Huntington, and Mark's doing a great wish, job there. I, I wish they so, weren't so far out of the way. Harborhead. I know. So, so David, what do you what do you think of the um, the uh, where do you think the industry is going? Hmm. In your opinion, before this or after this? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, here's yeah. the thing. Yeah, as of February, what do you think the trajectory I, I, was? I like I like the way you posed that because before it, things were going differently, but now I think I think that well, I think things are going to get accelerated. I think the industry was going to. Cons- I think 2020 before this happened was going to be the year of consolidation even more. Mm. So I think they were going to have more closings. Uh, I think the BA had projected about 300 closings across the board um and and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's not necessarily a good thing um now i think you can add a multiplier to that of at least oh they're saying 40 to 60 percent of the breweries are are not going to reopen but even with Um, this most recent stimulus package for small businesses you don't think they can survive on that no No. good luck getting the money yeah it's I, it's yeah well that and it's just it's the, the client the client base is your your demographics and your client base are going to change so the model's changing hmm. it's it's so many breweries now are scrambling to do whatever they can to get beer outside their doors well, one of them <laughs> um so we we came on at a good point is this a good time to open a business no it's not but we we didn't have a staff we really had to worry so much about um, laying people off. We're still new, so getting our, our name and brand out there is going to help us, whereas you know, a brewery that opened six months ago, a year ago, is going to have a lot harder time than us. Yeah, it's already old shoe. But but what we're going to see is people with, with the unemployment rates being so astronomically high, people aren't going to have as much disposable income after this. Yes. Um, they're not gonna. They're gonna be a little afraid to go back into places. Um, we we have an amazing craft brewers guild here uh, in North Carolina. Um, yes, I was, you guys I was, do. I was yep, on the do. board of directors for it twice. I was the first vice president, and then I was on the board one more time. Anyway, nice. but the the um, the the director sends an email every single day, and this this fax he gets from the governor's office, and then tidbits from from him too. And he goes, people for the first couple months. I'm going to be a little, some of them are going to be like the extroverts. Hell yeah, we're going, we're getting in there. The <laughs> introverts are going to be a little bit, a little bit nervous to go out. That's true. So who knows where it's going to go. But don't you, don't you think that the, the current state of the demographic of the craft beer drinker has been reduced down into the twenties in the age range? And don't you think those, that's the same kind of age range though, that will, say you know i don't give a shit about the virus my mask my my body that yeah. kind of stuff and and just go yeah. out there and do whatever they want yeah the, there is that there there is that i mean we see it down here people all over we're not required to wear masks like you guys are all the yeah. time um yet um there are certain counties in the state that are requiring it as of a couple days ago um because our numbers and keep going the carolinas up. is a place where people go to retire so i'm it's not quite Florida, but I would assume yeah. there's an older, you know, there's yeah. population, uh, the demographic change. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that to be silly, but no, but yeah. Serious, yeah. Yeah. There, no, there's, I, I would assume there's, there's a retirement community down there. You know, the, there is, there is though the demographic we have here 
is middle-aged um where the brewery is itself 35 um, and over kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The, the customer base that we've been seeing in the past couple of days we've been open yeah there's some younger you know in their 20s and 30s we're seeing people in their 50s 40s 50s and 60s coming in um and that's interesting so i i mean just to say that my my in-laws actually uh snowbird down in florida so they were down there uh for the last i think three years now the first year we didn't go down the second year we went down and i started saying oh hey we're in florida let's go visit some breweries all right so they came with us to one of them and then we my wife and i ended up going to another one by ourselves and then i kind of said you know you guys should really you know they got some great breweries down in florida you should go you know within a five mile radius you have a couple of breweries so this past year they went down and they went to like four different breweries and they're in their late 60s early 70s and this is the kind of people that are starting to turn now like oh there's craft beer and not just regular budweiser we've been dealt with for the last 50 years it's it's yeah. definitely changing a little bit in that demo as well gotta go my boss is texting me I just have to send him a, a quick text. He's trying to find where to look. He's like, are you on? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, where? I can't hear it live. <laughs> yeah, you go to uh, govsradio.com. You can go to our Facebook page, go to Govs Radio, and then uh, we're live there. And we're live on YouTube under Govs Radio as well. And then what we'll do is I'll end up taking this. We'll podcast it on iTunes, on Spotify, and then we'll also Ooh. post the video up on our YouTube page as well. And then I'm also hosting... Um, a watch party on our YouTube. I'm sorry, on our Facebook page. So we're simulcasting all over the place right now. And so Hopped Up Network. Well, yeah, it'll be on the Hopped Up Network as well for podcasts. Yep, correct. Cool. Audio only for those. You know, uh, Hopped Up Network, iTunes, Spotify is only audio, but the video will be up there later. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, Lost Worlds. What, what do you? What uh, now? The the owner's name is. We have. Uh, Dave, David, uh, Dave, and Allison Hom are our owners, husband, wife. Okay, what is what are you guys looking to do? I mean, we obviously see certain breweries do certain things. You know, some some are passionate about lagers, some are passionate about Belgian. Some, what do you guys? Uh, I, I and we already touched on it because of the locality through. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mo so mostly sessionable beers. Okay. Um, that's what we find. We think our demographic is going to want, and it is, that's what they are wanting. Um, that's what we like to drink. So that, that's a plus two. I mean, that's always the good thing, man. It, it is. But I mean, let's say you, you love the barley wines and that was the only style you wanted. Would you open a brewery that just made barley wines? Probably no. not because it, what you can't tie up your tanks that long. You can't sell eight ounce pours and make money off it. So it's, it's at the end of the day, it's a business. And, and you have to make good business decisions. So right. sessionable beers for us, that's what we are. You know, we have plans down the road, maybe put in a – and this is all obviously where the market's going to be. Before the pandemic, right. we sat down and said, where's the market going to be in three to five years? So what's our three to five-year plan? Our tap room, our, what we call our base camp, is number one. That, that, that's key. That's, we, we have to supply this. This is where we want people to come to. You know, but if the market's still – justifies building a production brewery in three to five years a bigger one maybe we do that we see we see that where that is i don't know if even before this chaos i, I didn't know if that was going to be the case mm. sure. uh, with, with more consolidation and stuff 
we, we've talked about maybe satellite locations down the road, you know, just a tap room. Who, who knows? Now, now the uh, in in North Carolina, the laws uh, is there like in New York, we have farm brewers. Can you read my mind? Or micro, you guys, can you with your license just do satellites or? We can up to each TTB license. We can do three locations. Oh wow! And that's just natural to the to the. Read my mind, Steve. That was my next question. Yeah. Is, it, is that a license? Yeah. Sure. Is that just a simple like everyone right, has right. that? <laughs> yeah. So we we can do three locations, but you have to serve. You can't just serve your products. Okay. So we ah. can't just serve Lost Worlds. We'd have to have at least one guest tap. How could you serve model. other? So one of the cool things I think about the 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 farm uh, license up here is uh, anything that's made in New York. So you can you can serve spirits and wines as long as they're New York based. Is that can you guys do that in, in Carolina? No, uh, we we so there's different type of licensing down here. All distilled spirits, all like hard liquors goes through. We we are they're 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 uh, not privatized, so they all have to go through the state. Hmm. So, for example, there's a distillery near where I live, a, a rum distillery, uh, Muddy River. Phenomenal rums. They rum distillery. Yo, Love that idea. Phenomenal. Mm. They make a basil rum. I had it a couple of months ago. What? I love oh, rum. Oh, yeah. Real basil in there. Unreal. And I'm not a basil fan, but it was unreal. Wow. Um, but they have to sell their liquor to the state ABC commission. And then it goes to the state ABC stores Ugh. in North Carolina. And that's the only – their only retail outlet is the – they can sell the a little. Yeah, you can sell a little bit out of your tap room or facility, like ten or twenty percent or something. And then, oh yeah, I, they, they, and that this was just changed up until maybe two years ago, or no, last year. Last year when the dog. It's bill like passed. it's like Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Vermont has state liquor stores too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One bottle per person per year. Wow. So that got changed um, last fall when the they called the dog bill to allow dogs. And cats in breweries. Cats. Uh, that was part of the bill. Yeah, you're allowed to have a if cat. If I see someone it. bring a fucking cat into a brewery or distillery, <laughs> I'm walking the fuck hey, out. Hey, if it's the fucking the Tiger King, yes. something <laughs> fucking, you're going to fucking be happy that happened, bro. You get to pet the tiger before Dude, it if even. If someone walks into a brewery with a cat on a leash, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm done. I actually, I'm I actually have a friend. That him and his his girlfriend, whatever, um, they train their cat to fucking walk it on a leash, and it's probably one of the coolest things you could see because you would never expect the cat to be like walking around like, yeah. They, <laughs> Who is that? So wait, wait. it's wait, it's friends of ours here in the town. And- I'm taking a picture like that too, but I, like I'm saying, if I go to a fucking brewery and I see a fucking American tabby on a goddamn leash. <laughs> American tabby. You can see. I'm, I'm out. I'm you sorry. Can, you see the so now, brewery tanks Someone in the background. Walks in with a fucking six-month-old fucking tiger. Obviously, I'm hanging out. Can you guys are, are you allowed to have dogs in your in your facilities yeah. there? Yes. It'd be unusual if well, it wasn't a dog. Um, you you are uh, New York State really hasn't put a moratorium or, or anything like that on it, but uh, a lot of breweries have having issues with their insurance. Insurance, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Great yeah, South yeah. Bay, I remember, did that. Great South Bay had well because uh, you know. Oh, parents, I heard about that. Yeah, there's always parents, some asshole. Parents brought in their kids and weren't paying attention, and a kid grabbed a dog, and a dog 
snapped, on snapped on them, yeah. So now dogs, uh, when they come in, uh, actually, here's the best part. Uh, kids are allowed to a certain time, uh-huh. and then That's they're right. not. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> and while those kids are there, the dogs are only allowed to a certain area of, of the tasting room. It reminds me I of- went to, uh, so I went to Ghost, like, right after they opened, and I, I brought my dog. Uh, and then I, I wanted to go grab like a couple six packs from Great South Bay. So I walked oh, yeah. there connected and it was on a Sunday or a Saturday. And that's the only day of the week that they don't allow dogs in Great yep. South Bay yep. at all. Whoops. And like the bar, like before I could order the beer, the bartender was like, get the dog, the dog out. Doing here? And the fucking out. security guard there was like, what's he doing? I'm like, I'm just getting a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of when I was a kid, we uh, used to go to a, a pool. Uh, a private pool and they used to have kids time and parents time and every uh what pool did you go to uh it was in amityville called unqua corinthian yacht club i don't know that one no it's down on the south shore obviously and and it had a huge I pool know Blindenburg. i used to go to Blindenburg. oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's about the same thing but they had yeah. every hour there was a 20 minute parent time so the parents would get in the pool and the kids would have to come out <laughs> and they'd blow the whistle and all the kids would go into the lawn and play like lawn games and all the parents would be able to swim without the kids annoying them. So it's just funny. It's like, psh, all right, dog time. Everyone come yeah, on in. Dog time. Yeah. Dog time. Kids have to leave. Dogs come in. Now, now down by you, Dave. Yes, no? On dogs? Yeah. So up until recently, um, up until last fall, you were not allowed to. Hmm. Obviously, breweries did it. And then all of a sudden, the health department um, – came yeah, in and was like, nope, can't do it. a bunch of things about that. So they stopped it. Um, but then last year they came out with what they call It's basically the dog bill. And like I said, it allowed distillers to be able to sell on premise. Um, and it allowed dogs and cats in breweries and stuff like that. We here at Lost Words, we're an open brewery. You can't really see behind. Well, maybe you can. We have a, a, an eight-foot wall behind us. So we have a four-foot wall a knee wall and then we have four foot glass and above that it's open so it's an open brewery behind it hmm. so right. one thing we decided on because the ttb made us we just wanted a four foot wall we didn't even want to have glass but the ttb was like nope you have to have an eight foot wall <laughs> so but we we decided that for inside unless it's a service animal service animals you must allow in of course um that since we are an open brewery and dander and all that kind of sure. stuff could get over there we don't want it into the brewery but sure. like I said, we have a 3,000-square-foot um, patio outside. They'll be allowed out there, definitely. Yeah, so Steve, I mean, with the insurance policies up here in New York, what, what was the stipulation on pets and animals just because they don't want them biting kids, or is it go beyond yeah. that? Well, it, for, it was specifically for, for, for GSB. They had, they had the problem. I, I mean, remember seeing their, that post. They had, like a, they had a, brewery dog, like a really big brewery dog. And they were like, "Hey, sorry, we, you know, our insurance company had a change of heart, and yep. there's some bad apples, and now we can't have dogs here. Sorry." And the, the shitty part about all of it, obviously, was one one person. You know, it's always the one person that ruins it for everybody. Um, but you got a nice head over there. Oh, it's, look at that head! It's it does fucking, look really good. It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> and by the way, Pete, just to to settle the score, yeah, um, the the sure. bad bad words, mom is good. It's delicious. Uh, but uh, in New York alone, and this is the sad part of this whole pandemic thing and everything, um, insurance companies 
are it's so expensive in New York. It is, oh, yeah. uh, uh, and a lot of people don't realize what what companies or or restaurants, bars, and especially breweries pay per quarter. Is it rel- no is theater. it relative though to no. the places in New York, or is it just I mean uh, relative to places in the United it's, States? Well, you, you got to look at it is. Um, you're serving alcohol. Right. That's the first part. And that's, having, a, that's risk number one. There you go. <laughs> and then now you have, you're having patrons come in. Um, and uh, there's several different things that could happen. You know, if, if they're allowed into the, by the brewing area, if they're, you know, so even, even before the dogs getting, you know, it, it, it yes. is like, like Dave mentioned is, is dander getting in your product? So that's number one. Is someone going to get sick from yep. that's allergic to dogs? Number two is you're dealing with drunk people. Number yeah. three is if you're dealing with little kids, is the fucking dog going to, you know, is some yeah. random asshole's dog going to... Or even just a drunk asshole. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, people do stupid things when they're drunk, and we, we've all seen it. And But Guilty. this is part of our business. This <laughs> is what, you know, we, 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 we want people to drink responsibly, and they want we want them to drink our product. That's why we make it. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't have uh, a say of how much they drink of it and how much they can tolerate. And, and or, or as a bartender, how much they walked in with in their system and they don't show that's, that's symptoms. Thing, yeah. So I had to take, New you know. State, New York State has actually a thing. It, all of our, anybody that worked for our brewery, um, part of our our license, well, not our licensing, but our insurance, mm-hmm. they had to do a, a course called TIPS. Yep. I had oh, to take it. Yeah. Give you a beer and you get a tip. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. No. Um, it's basically uh, run by New York State, and it it's to give you a guideline of to when somebody walks in your door to see how are their mannerisms, how are they holding themselves. It's an al- it's an alcohol training class. Pretty yes. much, yeah. I mean, I was a bartender for twenty years. I I've taken it a few times. You know, I think it's good for. And like, it's across the board. Uh, yeah. Every restaurant kind of has to do this now. I actually got my my most recent one. You you actually get a decrease on your insurance premium, right. and and, and uh, what they like defensive driving for yes, for a bar, you go, pretty much it. You got it. Yeah, we we actually going to do that here. So Foothills does that once a year. Yep, they bring in an ALE agent to do training for all their entire staff, and it does that. You know, maybe it does the insurance. I, I don't know that aspect of it, but it shows ALE that you're being responsible. So they're not necessarily going to come in all the time. So we actually had our first ALE visit. Uh, one day last week, and they love. Oh, we're here to give you your first visit, go over policies, procedures with you. And she was impressed. With, you know, I've been in the industry 24, 25 years, so I, I was able to rattle off stuff. And I said, Well, can I have your card? Because this is what we're planning on doing. Right. She got a smile on her face. She's like, That's great. That's we love to hear you. Oh yeah, man. So, we will do that once our tap room opens. I know it's a big deal. I think it, it lasts for about three. Get Steve. What do you say? I'm sorry. I'm like, hopefully, it opens up soon. Right, absolutely. yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I know uh, mine was good for about three years. You get a certification, you get yes. a piece of paper. Um, yeah. My most recent one was uh, probably four years ago when I was working for the Marriott as just like a side job, and they offered it for free. So yeah. I jumped at it because then you can use it anywhere. You can bring it. You're certified as a bartender. Yeah. You're not certified for the Marriott or wherever else you're working. So ah, I, it's your certification. Right, it's personal because you put your social into the database. Um, so I ended up using it then for where I was in Farmingdale at the meatball place and then over at the campaign house in, in Bethpage. 
and we did uh and it was great because it was one of the things that you know when you're getting hired and they go do you know about tip certification i go yeah i have it it's on file you know it's under my social when you get my w-2s and whatnot um you can look it up and i'll be up there and then that's one of the things that really does make you hireable so anyone that's looking for a bartending job or beer tending job or anything like that you probably benefit from it just you're more employable that way. And, and of course you're more educated, uh, educated about, you know, what's going on as being a teacher. I know what it's like to have as many certifications and as much degrees as you can. And you Gotta do have those, uh, all those letters, the more letters after your name, the, the more stuff that's on your resume, the better a hundred percent. And, and yeah. actually immediately I know at the meatball place when I had tip certification, um, within the first few months, they had a, a tips training and everyone was grunting and moaning. Oh, I got to sit through this on a Sunday morning. And you're like, shit, I'm done. I already had it. I'm like, sweet, dude. I there you go. You guys have fun. I'm good, man. I'll go run my shift. We're good to go. So David, um, do you, uh, do you ever think about, wow, maybe I should have stayed a teacher. <laughs> Awesome. That's that's all I wanted to hear, bro. That was no, the answer. I, I I liked teaching. I just I I don't know. And you say you're a teacher, Mike. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed it. I just I didn't like having to necessarily work when I went home. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. Now. I don't. I, I, I promise boss, you right now. Day, I, I've had two days off in the past eight weeks. Wow. And I told him he started. We we talked. You know, ten twenty times a day. No joke. And uh. And we were, we, we, he texted me something or he emailed me and I was like, I'm taking today off it was Sunday. I said, I'm taking it off. I'm not, I'm not working today. And then he emails me something that says, do not look at today. And of course I, I look at it and I <laughs> spend an hour writing him a three page email back. <laughs> because I thought you were taking today off. I mean, I'm always working. My work mind is always working. Um, but this is something. You're that guy. You're that guy. You, if, if you had nothing to do, you'd forget it. You'd lose, you have to Yeah, it. exactly. So, and uh, vacation, like I told you, I go to breweries. I, I, I want to spend a day in a brewery. And then and, and he, he would come to Long Island and all you would see is, well, I'm going to this brewery, going to that brewery, going to this brewery. I'm here, I'm over there. I'm going, hey, who's going to show up? I'm going to be over this brewery. Hey, you're going to, he just, he can't stop, man. I came to your place last, uh, last summer. I, I forget why I was down in that area, but I was driving back through. I was like, oh, let me go in Steve's place. And your your son was working. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, I got there like five minutes. A horrible, ago. horrible horror movie on the TV. I, assume. <laughs> yeah, really, I, I got there like five or ten minutes before closing. I didn't oh, really. Oh, you hated you. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll take a flight of beers. He's like, Ugh. and I ate. I mean, started leaving, and I, I didn't realize it was closing time. I think I texted <laughs> Jamie. And I was like, hey, Jamie, what's going on? I'm at your place. He goes, well, I'm not going to be there tonight. We close in like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I just realized. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he was so angry at you at that moment. He felt like, this fucking guy. <laughs> and that's well, what- then I told him I knew you, and we kind of went through things. And he, uh, okay. At least he, he played nice. I don't know if yeah. he wanted to. What, uh, what, uh, Steve, I was what... thinking about him. I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space is on Netflix now. <laughs> yes. yes. Jason <laughs> versus yeah. Freddy. We just had Easter, and our favorite, favorite movie, if you guys ever get the chance, if it's, I don't know, you got to find it somewhere, uh, it's Beaster Day. Mm. And it's a tremendous big rabbit that bites people's heads off, and it is so poorly done. (laughs) 
It is it's not a B movie. It's more like a F or G movie. <laughs> and that was one of our favorite. And uh, the last two years before we closed, we used to we would watch that on if it was you know depending on how Easter landed, we would open up and we would watch Easter Day at least that weekend. Right. So it's, it's produced by Andy Garcia's brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, Beaster Day, yeah, unbelievable. So, so horrible, but so good. Steve, what's uh, what's Jamie been up to? Have you been in contact with him? Oh, yeah. Um, Jamie kind of got the COVID. Oh, Ooh, shit. Oh. Um, him and his, his, his uh, living... Girlfriend, fiance, slash, could be wife. Uh, okay. F. Um, she works for a hospital uh, or a medical. Uh, she brought it home. Brought it home. Mm. They didn't get it bad. Thank okay, God. good. Um, actually, my son Adam wind up getting it. Get out of here! Really? And, really? Yes. Oh, shit. He um, like the younger younger uh, crowd mm-hmm. lost his sense of taste. And really, that happened what? to my buddy in East Northport. That's yeah. weird. He said, it's terrible because a slice of pizza is N- just nothing. Cardboard. <laughs> That's apparently what he <laughs> loves. Cardboard. All his Instagram feed is pizza. His, his yeah. mother, my ex-wife, <laughs> um, got it. In, you know, fever, aches, pains. Uh, you know, mm. beyond that, nothing worse than that. But um, yeah, so Jamie. Actually, Jamie left us, took a little time off, and then uh, he wound up getting a job with, with Mustache. Oh, good. Oh, great. Really? Good friend. But didn't they just Except that they, they recently decided to close for yeah. the time being. I was right? just going to say that. Lori and, and Matthew said they were they were closing. Yeah. yeah. I read that. Was, that was a tough. Well, you know what? The, the yeah. decision, it was, it was, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a multi-layered decision. Um, so, yeah, they had to let go to staff. Mm-hmm. So that it leaves Matt and Laurie. Um, majority of the places that they're selling beer outward to are closed. Yep. So so now your retail is half, if not less, than what you were selling. Um, and then Matt uh, has a condition that he's susceptible right. to. Right. You want to be careful. High risk. Yeah. So in the long run, they were like, you know what? And and what's here's the shitty part. This this week, uh, this past weekend was their sixth anniversary. Wow! Yeah. Fuck. Um, well, they, didn't they say that they were planning on reopening? Yeah. Just during this, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got to be something that's scary. Like you got to make a business decision, not only just for your business, but for your health and your family as well. I mean, it's got to be. I know they also had applied for this wonderful grant that all the small businesses were supposed to get, and that now everybody's coming under scrutiny because, you know. Fucking Ruth Chris got it and Shake Shack. <laughs> Shake Shack gave it back. Yes, they did. After a public shaming. I know. Good for them. <laughs> now, supposedly, I heard today also a bunch of the bigger corporations that wind up getting it, like Ruth Chris, mm-hmm. are doing the same because they're afraid of the public backlash. Once they open up, yeah. everybody's going to go, fuck you. You took the money and you didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. But the guy... It has eight employees that are on food stamps should have gotten it. You Agreed. Know, that's the Bruce Chris is not who I think of when someone says the you know phrase small business. 
That's <laughs> not. He is under 20 people. That's, or maybe even, maybe 50 and below. Yeah, 50. Yeah, yeah I would say 50 You good. know, because a lot of restaurants, you know, they have a wife yeah. staff. But they're small. They're local. They're not, you know, hey, we're a local chain and we're worldwide and you give us 10 million. Man, that's a little different. Um, I, I, you know, you guys as small business owners or, or partners, Dave, like, could you ever imagine applying to for a loan for $10 million? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ideally, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if, if you said you had to, you had to use. I, I hate to see the interest payments on that. Exactly. Oh, well, that's the thing. So if you had to use $8 million for payroll. Because that, that's what eighty up to you know eighty percent of it had to use had to be used for yeah yeah. Can you imagine like your bartenders would be rich people? I want to come work for you. <laughs> that doesn't sound like <laughs> you know. I mean, there you know there are some businesses five you know if you had a few hundred people that that's a small business. Sure, you might have a few locations and maybe your payroll is that high. I don't know, but yeah, Roots Chris is not who I think of when someone says small business. Dave, are these are any of the new legislations that are coming out going to be stuff that you guys are going to explore, or are you looking to just kind of hold ship and then figure it out when it that's, all blows over? That's a, that's a great question. That's more for for Dave. The other Dave, uh, he takes <laughs> care of the business side. I I he 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 runs the business. I run the brewery. So. How many um, Daryls are there? There, yeah, <laughs> Daryls on the road. Daryls. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I did work the when I worked when I first got hired at Rock Bottom. It was a really small brewery. You know, it's it's a brew pub chain. Um, we had three Daves in the brewery. That's why <laughs> I have the, the nickname DG Dave Gonzalez because yeah. DS for Dave Sharp, DB for Dave Bledsoe. Or just so, go by Dave Gone, like in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's why that nickname's kind of stuck. But yeah, people come in, they're like, "Yeah, I'm here to see Dave," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, what do you want to talk about?" They start telling me, "Oh, no, that's the other Dave." Rocky. He gets the same thing back and forth <laughs> with me. Somebody contacted me about some pops. Like, okay, that's great. <laughs> the other Dave, Debbie. Yeah, um, so. I know we, uh, we 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 touched on a whole bunch of things, and for me, I just want to know what system are you guys brewing on, uh, and uh, what what and what was the reasoning for going with that company. So we we use uh, Deutsch. Oh, Deutsch. Based, yeah. So there were some. There were a lot of pluses we liked. And we looked at four different manufacturers. Um, we looked at one who I'd used before. <laughs> they're out of British Columbia. Um, BC. Their support after they sell it to you is you know they're in British Columbia, so it's hours and hours away, and their cost was way high. Uh, great stuff. Uh, we looked at one out of Nebraska. Um, same type of thing. They're in Nebraska. And then there's two in North Carolina. Obviously, it's all Chinese equipment. Um, yes. But we looked at two in North Carolina. One we were just not impressed with. We went to a brew day there. They, they brought a bunch of brewers in to show us because they own a brewery too. Um, and had some heard some not-so-good stories, which kind of was a bummer because you never want to hear that. Isn't that a conflict of interest to having a machinery and then a brewery as well? Yeah. No, they all also right. own a homebrew pl- location off that too. So they. Oh, all right. Are you a goddamn um, communist, Mike? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. So Fuck there were a few reasons why we went with Deutsch. A, they're local. They're twenty minutes down the road. Yes, they're at three thirty-six thirty Tri Clan Drive in Charlotte. Drive. Yep, they're right down the road from us. I was there a couple weeks ago. Uh, I had to buy. I get a yeast spring from them. Um, <laughs> their owners live 
15 minutes away from us. Their, their salesmanship was good. Their engineering is really, really good. We were very, very impressed. So they, they host a quarterly brew day where they bring potential brewers in. And we had went to a couple of theirs. Um, we were actually highlighted at one of them last fall. I guess it was October um, where we actually got the collab and brew a batch with them. Ooh, nice. And then I guess late last summer, I, I was going around to a bunch of different breweries looking at equipment, keg washers, um, excuse me, some other stuff. And I walked into one right across the border um, in Rock Hill Brewing, which is right across the border yeah. of South Carolina. We have and some Rock Hill there. that comes up here too. Yeah, Rock Hill, yeah. yeah. Um, so small little brewery and the brewer walks over. He goes, hey, you're, you're Dave Gonzalez, right? I said, yeah, because I'm uh, Jared Jones. That's them. <laughs> so um, yeah. we, um, we started chatting and um, I said, oh, we're, we're looking at equipment. What size do you have? He goes, we have a five-barrel Deutsch direct fire. I'm like, well, no crap. We're looking at a 10-barrel direct fire. And he immediately says, you want to come down and spend the day and learn the brewery with us. Do what you like, what you don't like. And I was like, yeah, it sounds great. So me and my uh, assistant brewer went down there for the day and immediately talked collaborations. So the next we went down another time and did a collaboration. We did an, uh, an ESB that sold very well. It was great. So we, we just got a really good vibe from these guys. Great engineering. The whole process worked really well with, with setup and, uh, and everything. Um, it's, it's just, it's, and the equipment's great. I had a, I had a large part in the design. So there's a lot of stuff that I got to, uh, that I got to, um, yeah, we're, we're looking at a little bit of video of, uh, the oh, facility. Yeah. It's one of their systems. Fantastic looking, well-engineered really stuff. So I, I, I was involved in the design phase. So there was certain little things that I put in, like, I was like, all right, I want steps to go down into my kettle. And they're like, well, why? I'm like, well, there's a hop dam. Ah. I want to take the hop dam out. I want to go in. It's a direct fire. So like we double brewed today. We brewed once yesterday. We double brewed today. And um, direct, fire? direct fire at 10 barrels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, Why is that significant to someone who's stupid like me? Oh, <laughs> so, there's three different ways you could, you could use heating. to be a heat source. You could use electric elements where they have elements inside the tanks. Uh, you can have direct fire or you can have steam. We didn't have direct fire so being like gas. Like there's gas, gas. yeah, gas yeah. with flames underneath. Literal flames. Okay, got it. Burner. So, I mean, you're enclosed. You're enclosed, but okay, okay. Sort yeah. of like a hot water tank. Am I? We, we have like 50 guys underneath with big lighters. So. <laughs> right, right. Oompa Loompas. Got I love it. it. Love it. So, Perfect. Big flame. <laughs> So with you can have either of them. This this system heats up. So by the time we get the kettle filled, I got it. I'm gonna heat it up right now. Uh, we're a kettle full, so beginning a boil is about 15 minutes. Okay. It just it heats up so quick. It's oh, it's okay, efficient. Okay. Uh, we have a 30 barrel HLT. We normally work it. We were gonna get a thing, boys. Yeah, I did tank, go that right? one. From yes, Uber, we were going to get a twenty. Thank barrel, you, Work Wrangler. But the, the, <laughs> honestly, the price difference between the twenty and the thirty was minimal. Mm. So, like, well, we could get ten extra barrels of hot water when we need it. So we did that. And that's direct fire. We, we we number one is we didn't have room for a boiler. And when I filled in for that brewery last year, he had a ten barrel specific mechanical that was direct fire. So I got to use it for a couple months, and I was like, this works. 
So it really works on our system, works really well. We're getting good evaporations, great boils. Um, Again, dumb question. Said specific mechanical. Specific Mechanical is a, uh, a, brew, a brew house manufacturer company out of British Columbia. Got it. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, so dumb that, question, Those are the reasons why we ended up going with Deutsch. And uh, I, to be honest, I highly recommend them. And, and obviously because they're so close and they can kind of come in and, and change things and, and fix things as they need they it. They can. So. Right now they're, they're not traveling. There's one or two little things. So we have flow meters. And, uh, we have you have water. food meters. You guys have money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and money. No. Uh, <laughs> Dave, the other Dave has money. Um, no. So, yeah, the one automatically comes with the system, and that's for your water going in. And then they can offer a second one that goes out of your heat act so you know what's going over to your firm. Because we have sight glasses. God damn it. Yeah. But we have sight glasses, but they're not marked like 10 gallons 20 gallons one barrel two barrel so but what we did was a brewer friend of mine here in charlotte um brian over at town brewing we used to work together at foothills he's got a 15 barrel doge and he nice. suggested you know get your flow meter put in a place that you could tell the volume going into the brew kettle and then out so basically as it's going into the kettle we're checking the volume so we get a we fill the 340 gallons so when it gets to 340 we turn it off and then when we're coming out of it, before it goes into the heat exchanger, it reads. It reads negative because the flow's backwards, but who cares? So we know 340 gallons have gone over to uh, to our fermenter. It's, it's just reading minus. So when I called Deutsch to say this, I'm like, well, we have to talk to our, our, our programs. We don't know if that's possible. <laughs> and he calls me right back. He goes, yep, possible. Nope. It's just going to read negative. So I said, that's fine. They have to come in and reprogram. So right now it goes between flow rate and volume and i want it set on on just on volume, volume we, yeah. we could see on our hmi we could see our flow rate so that really that, that that doesn't mean so much to me i need to know the volume and be able just to look at that uh, so they got to come in and do that and on our opening here on saturday we had three guys from deutsch come in nice. uh, one of the big wigs in the company who was our sales guy um our pm our project manager came in the first thing he says to me he goes, I know we have to come in and we got to do this, but right now our company's doing a non-travel. Um, so as soon as that's lifted, I'll be right in and I'll reprogram that for you. Now, a lot of stuff they can program remotely. Right. They can just dial into our system and get in, uh, but Ooh. this they can't. Ooh, so it's all like uh, networked and uh It is, and we actually, remote. part of the system came with an iPad. So a couple weeks ago, um, we were both brewing and I was doing something, and Harrison, my assistant brewer, he was sitting on a pallet of grain, and I'm up on the brew deck, and all of a sudden the the, the sparge um, nozzles start up, and I'm like, and I look down at Harrison, and he's sitting on a bat, on a pallet of grain, like laid back, and he's got the iPad. I'm like, oh, he just started sparging. So that's kind of <laughs> cool. Great. We'll eventually have apps on our phones for it too. Nice. There's certain things we can't do. TCP/IP control. Ooh. Yeah. There's certain things we can't do, like we can't start the rakes. Or anything like that remotely that we have right. to be up there to do that um there's a lot of cool things we you guys, can do you guys using any grant you guys using any award grants hop grants Ooh, we do have a word grant yeah which is well i looked at it i was like jesus this thing is so over engineered it's got a it's got a uh, a cip spray ball in it so i'm like why would you have this that's crazy <laughs> but, but it's just it's got diverters CIP on it for clean in place right yeah cip clean in place okay. so it's it's uh 
Yeah, so we have a work grant. That's pretty cool. It's good to hear, man. You know, uh, there are certain companies out there that actually do the right thing. Mm -hmm. There are other companies that don't do the right thing. And um, I had heard good things about Deutsch, and but uh, I'm I'm actually very impressed from what you've been saying. I I am too. From a price point too, it was actually lower than a couple of the other ones. Really? Which yeah, I was was like, okay. Because we we had uh, we. You know, we went with Premier, and oh, okay. Premier, you know, is obviously one of one of the upper standards, but they're, they're expensive, man. Yeah, um, their their customer service is unbelievable, and their work, and again, everything comes from China. Yeah, I wanted, uh, I went over to the keg washers. I wanted to get, we wanted, we wanted an automated keg washer so we could be doing something else. Nice. You know, press start, walk away, a buzzer goes off, you come back. And we looked at a two-head premiere, and it was like seventeen grand. Oh, it was, but it was the, the Cadillac. Two heads. Fuck. Yeah, two heads. So we ended up going with another company that, uh, like, there's a brewery here called Resident Culture. They actually did two collabs in San City. Yeah, yeah. I San know City about Resident Culture. Yeah. So they they're they're in Charlotte, and while uh, they're one of their brewers, Peter, we we sort of put hills together. So. I went in and I looked at it and then I went by and I was like, Hey, Peter, I could text him. I said, do you mind if I come by and wash kegs for like an hour? <laughs> he goes, you want to wash kegs? I'm like, yeah, for free. I just, I want to, I want to see how this unit works. You know, so it's, it's called Fillmore. And then there's another brewery here in North Carolina that I'm, I'm buddies with the brewer. They have it too. And it was a lot lower priced and it was so far it's working. We got to wash kegs this week, but um, so far it's working great. Uh, David, without a flow meter, what what would be the traditional way of of gauging how much uh, liquid is going from one tank to the next? Um, to go from like the match to the kettle, there's different. So you could have you could have um, a sight glass on the side with markings, like you know barrels or gallons. That's a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I, I I've been at breweries that use uh, uh, um, a, a stick. yardstick. Yeah, I was gonna say just, it just... right down in. <laughs> Steve's using the stick. We had a big dowel rod uh, that was over seven feet, and we put it in our our boil kettle, and we poured in ten gallons of water. Market, yeah, ten gallons of market, and <laughs> we did that all the way up, and. You gotta do what you gotta do. We just did that with our bright tanks. So our bright tanks don't have markings on the side. So we did the same thing. We do filled guys, up the dish. You guys, uh, do you guys have uh, a sight glass or no? Yeah, we have sight glasses. So, oh, but there was no markings on the side. So right. we didn't know how many gallons or barrels were in. So we did the same thing. We filled yeah. up our dish. We got to a point and said, "All right, that's however many gallons." And then yeah. we put ten gallons in, put a mark. Another ten. Yeah. So we went up to like sixty or seventy gallons where all the markings were the same, then hmm. we realized, all right, the math is all yeah. the way to the top. Every, it's, yeah. It was usually like, usually like an inch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we, we did that. So right now we just have blue painter's tape on the side nice. with the markings. But we're, we're, <laughs> we're getting a, uh, we're getting a, we're getting them professionally done. One of, we, have, we, have a, we have a friend of ours who does all those things. So you can't see, but on our fermenters, we have our Lost Worlds. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can do this. Oh, look at you moving. Look at this. So we have stick like these markers. Ah, there you go. Stuff, stuff like that. So cool. Yeah, we have, we have a connection that can do that for us. Do you do you name your fermenters or are they just FV one, two, one? three, four, five, six? There you go, brother. <laughs> they the, the our founders have asked me numerous times. You're gonna name them, and I'm like, no, I don't. Oh, 
I'll, no. I'll forget which one's which. Is, is that a thing? Yeah. Numbers do, yeah. Did you yeah. do them? We did. We we had, you know, whatever our seller panel said, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Again, you know, hey, uh, it's uh, Fermenter Optimus Prime. Oh, what the, you know. Which one I'm is Optimus? Remember which one's which? No. So. I want Megatron. Megatron and Bumblebee are going to be my uh, my two ones that are really going <laughs> to end up being the real deal. <laughs> Sorry, GI Joe names. I was going to go with Gobots. Oh, you would go with Lady Jane. All right, so David, if you had to name them, what what names would you put on them? What what no? Come on, what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, Deliton. And you have the four. You have the four turtles. You could do Shredder. You could do. I, I have no. Bebop idea. and Rocksteady. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> I know my turtles. Uh, what was the What was the brain? Was that just the brain? What was the? Brain. Yeah. That was brain. It's just brain. It's brain. So, so this is a good thing you just use numbers. That's good. Yeah. yeah I, I, would, I, would, I would not remember which was left, which. Left to right. And I have no idea what I would name them. I, I don't know. Fucking we still have to name our hoe. Which so we have a we have a, a garden hoe to grain out. And we were May I recommend Debbie? I was like, we gotta come up with like a No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Stop. Peter. Peter. We don't want to alienate any of our listeners. <laughs> any one of our one listeners that were listening earlier. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, we said we were gonna name our hoe, but we, we haven't yeah. come up with a name yet. Well, I think Celeste is a good name. I, I apologize. Something like that. Yep. So, uh, it's, yeah. um, the owners, what did they what did they do before this? Um, business consulting. Oh. So they still have that as their as one of them. Well, they I guess they both still do it. So they have some big, pretty big clients. Yeah. What? What got them into beer? They both homebrewed. You know, about twenty five years ago, before they met each other. Um, She's from Chicago, and he's kind of bounced around a little. I think he grew up in the Midwest a little bit, and then here. Um, and they just tell you they homebrewed, and then they just they uh, like I said they they build businesses. They uh, they've had a couple of different businesses over the years. They always said we we, we eventually we we like beer a lot. We we eventually <laughs> wouldn't be cool to own a brewery. Yeah, it would so be awesome. I didn't find this out till a couple months after, but our first meeting was St. Patrick's Day a year ago, and. I didn't know that after we met, they made the decision, yeah, we're going ahead and doing this. It was about three or four months after that they told me that. Um, Crazy. There's some reasons. They, they're, they're huge on branding because that's what they, they, they do. So it had to be brand relevant. They had that. You can't have a brewery without having good beer. Uh, they, they say they did their no, – I, I, I'm going to correct you there. You can, in fact, have a brewery without having good beer. All right. Well, there. yes. Uh, yeah. That that's is a, true. A, you can. <laughs> not advisable. But they're out there. <laughs> we will not mention names, but yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good beer. But but to have the the... also on top of it can make the beer that's not good better. Um, that's true. But I even we all so know you're thinking of Steve. Yeah. Joe Bruso is also <laughs> very very enthusiastic about that. That same brewery slash marketing company. Just uh, he makes just listen to Bruzo, by the way. He makes phenomenal meads. Yes, oh, sure does. Holy cow! I was back. I was there over the summer, and I walked in, and um, 
he just he puts a flight yeah he You're puts welcome. a flight down in front of me and says here you go and i ended up getting some of his cucumber yes oh, that's a good one back with me unreal absolutely unreal. i got so- yelled at the first time i went there <laughs> which was i thought you'd never fucking come here <laughs> Yeah, I walked in. Oh well, apparently, I, I I guess in the spring I was up in New York. Yeah, it was my parents' 50th, so we were up there. And I was I, I'd heard about 27A. They weren't open. And I guess I parked in his parking lot, and I walked oh, by. Yeah. And then I walked in. He goes, I saw you walk by. And uh, I was like, yeah, so I came in. He puts a flight in front of me. Here you go. And then over the summer, I was up. And I was supposed to come back to North Carolina. I guess Saturday is he goes, Oh, what are you doing? This was a Friday. He goes, What are you doing tomorrow? Because I went up there to see him and go to the 27 day soft opening. And uh, we were there the night before. I said, I'm getting up at like four in the morning to drive back to Charlotte. He goes, No, you're not. Here's a ticket to go to a meat (laughs) festival tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, the big meat festival. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. They were supposed to do another one like this month, weren't they? Yeah. um, No, it's in. Fuck. It's not in school time. It's definitely in Is it uh August? I want to say it's August. That's when it was last year. It was yeah. August. Okay, okay. Because I was in Aruba and I couldn't actually, I know I was in the Dominican Republic and I couldn't make it. I was telling Mike and Pete, uh so yesterday Joe shows up to the brewery and we had the remaining kegs that we had in our brewery and they took them all. So Wow. And and we're, we're, we're helping him out. So he's a good guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, those kegs are empty. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, but they're clean. So that's mm. well. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so Who knows what your son did into those kegs? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to get. Well, I'm not gonna... <laughs> I know how to take. I know how to take those apart. Trust me. <laughs> so. They they have this new space that's going to be their 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 production facility, and they've been putting all these barrage kegs in there, and they actually had to put paper over the windows because people were asking, "Oh my God, are you guys collaborating with Barrage? You opening up a Barrage slash WA Meadworks?" Oh. They're like, "No, Barrages, they're not." No. But it sounds like a great idea. It, it, it sounds like a phenomenal <laughs> idea. More people coming in. <laughs> To the I'm town of Lindenhurst, yeah, the village of Lindenhurst. But he's just like, no, no, we're, you know, we're just, no, we're, we're, no, please, just relax, people. Um, but yeah, so we actually, I actually have a bottle of it. We did a collaboration barrel um, between Meadworks, us, Brickhouse, Brickhouse, that's right. Um, and so the label, it's it's a wrestling ring. And there's a bunch of wrestlers in it, and and one of them is obviously Joey, one of them is me. So the leg on the guy's got this big tribal tattoo. Um, then one's Paul from Brickhouse with a mohawk, and then that meat is so good because what we did, we shared a barrel. We took a barrel that we put beer in, we shared, and we just kind of hoarded around, and now that barrel. <laughs> found out is at small craft yes so it's it's on it's like sixth round it is the biggest whore barrel going (laughs) one Uh, time i showed up to wa meadworks one of the assistant brewers from small craft was there it's it's either um yeah well 
Okay. Wasn't one of the Sims. It was one of the assistant brewers. I don't know. Oh, oh, then yeah. Zach or Jake, one of those. I, I, I don't know. I only know the Sims. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that's great about the industry around here is that you guys all do share in uh, ideas and thoughts. And uh, even though that barrel has been hoard around, it's kind of taken on a new character each and every time it's been to the new location. It's, well, it's had. You know, it started out as bourbon. It was a bourbon barrel. And then me and uh, Paul Comsick, uh took a, a collaboration beer and we put it into it. Then we took that beer out. And then we gave it to Meadworks and Meadworks put go. meat into it. And then, well, it was before Ghost. <laughs> um, and then now Smallcraft's got it, you know, yeah. has it. So it's, it's pretty cool how it's... And and now yeah the, the the bourbon's gone but it's got all these other flavors in it so it's, it's pretty cool to see it's working its way around even though it is a big slutty barrel. <laughs> um, well, you were just saying about like speaking of slutty barrels. <laughs> all right, Debbie cakes five. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I well, apologize. About, I was. I was hoping someone was going to pick you, up. On you that. set it up. I had to knock it down. Right. Thank right. you. All right, Mike, you know what happened to Graz. <laughs> Double secret probation. I got it. I understand. <laughs> uh, Dave, though, uh, I do have to thank you for coming on. Uh, oh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. We've known each other for a while, and I was very, yeah. very excited what you were doing down in, in North Carolina. Um, thank you. Because everything you seem to do, bro, is always, always something um, – for me as a brewer, uh, very respectable because you. you know you've been, as as I have been, uh, you know, classically trained type of, you know, we do things the way we were taught um, from way back when, which is, I still think is the right way to go. But <laughs> we've, we've learned and um, yeah, and I really, as I know as much as Mike and, and Pete can attest, Really want to try what you guys yeah. got coming out of. I'll, uh, I'll be when I, next time I come up. I don't know when that'll be, but next time I come up, I usually try to get up there once a year. I'm definitely going to bring stuff up. Stay so, away okay. until at least the summer. Do do us a yeah. favor and just <laughs> well, stay, not, stay away from we'll, we'll, we'll New York. We'll do a little uh, bar crawl. We'll hit up. Uh, hit up a yeah, we'll we'll all hang yeah, out. The four of us will hang yeah, out and then go uh, hopping around. No, besides might... besides talking beer and brewing with you guys, it's just it's awesome to talk Long Island. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, you might you might get something from me to send back to us. So, you know, and Dave, I'm I'm gonna be in touch with you. Shipping, just put some some friggin' cans in in, in, a, in a box. Ooh. Back to us, bro. Uh, but, listen, uh, Dave. Uh, on on. If I could send you stuff, uh, you can send me stuff back. So. <laughs> I'm gonna um I'm gonna get in touch with you on your Instagram, Dave, and uh, I want to send you down some uh, the Wurt swag, uh, yes, T-shirt and information. So I'll uh, just uh, stay stay with that and get back to me, and I'll uh, I'll okay. ship it down to you ASAP. Good, thank you. All I'm right. not on Instagram. I'm only on Facebook. Uh, Lost World is on Instagram. What? Right? What's yeah. Facebook? No. No. I know. MySpace, isn't it? <laughs> No, no, but I'm saying the Lost Worlds account. I'll, I'll yeah, de- oh, definitely. Okay, awesome. I'll direct message you and uh, get your address, and I'll send some stuff okay, down for you. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right, all right. Uh, listen, uh, any last words? Uh, give us the big plug, Dave. Give us uh, the last uh, little bit. You know, you know. Keep where on, can keep you, What supermarkets can your beer be found in, Dave? 
Because we are um, national and actually worldwide, by the way. Yeah, worldwide. We are worldwide. No, it's uh, it's a North Carolina, South Carolina based chain. Uh, like I said, there's four locations here. Um, I almost got you. God damn it! Prestige due worldwide. North, due to North Carolina ABC regulations, we're not allowed to say. So <laughs> close. Get out of here. Um, on, on social media. So. Um, <laughs> There's an actor named Rob Lowe. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. He's done some, a bunch of movies. So You can find that out. Follow the breadcrumbs. You're smart enough to get the beer. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. Dave, you know, thanks we're, for coming we're on, excited man. to get going and get, get out. Like I said, we have, as of today, 180 barrels of beer in our tanks. Boom. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be fun. The adventure theme here is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's just gonna be it's really cool. Awesome. Well, it, it's it's actually good to see that you're happy about this because oh, I'm really happy. When when, when a, a brewer is enthusiastic of what he's doing, it means it's a good it's a good gig. It's it's what he wants to do, and he and he's happy producing what he's producing because he knows down at the end of the line, the people that are going to consume it are going to be very happy. So hundred percent. That's the goal. That's the goal. So, so bro. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, man. I'm happy for you, brother. Thank you. That's Thank right. You. And check him out on uh, Lost Worlds uh, Brewing on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on all the social media. Google search him. Uh, David Gonzalez, thanks very much for coming out, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. This is the work with Mike at PeakGovsRadio.com. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in tonight. It'll be up on, our, uh, like I said, Spotify, on iTunes, and, of course, Hopped Up Network. Thanks for everyone for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you in uh, two weeks with a brand new guest. This is the word, Mike and Pete, GovsRadio.com. Pete, anything before we go? Don't forget, we have spade and neuter. Okay. This is the word, Mike. I, I'm, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That's right. We out. Well, that's two hours of your life you're never getting back. First off, it was three hours. What the fuck? Honestly, how can you talk about beer for three hours? It's beer. There's so many elements in it. Where's mine? It's been three hours and I don't even get a single beer. You don't get shit. This is the Wirt on Gov's radio. I hope you're drunk enough.